Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Ooh. You got coronavirus. New questions tonight about the accuracy of the state's coronavirus death numbers. One person reported to have died from COVID was killed in a motorcycle accident. I was asking the county health officer about two coronavirus deaths involving people in their 20s and whether they had any underlying conditions. The first one didn't have any. He died in a motorcycle accident. So was it removed from the data? I don't think so. I have to double check. We were arguing. We were discussing and trying to argue with the state, not because of the numbers. I mean, it's a hundred. It's not make any difference if it's 99. But you can actually argue that it could have been the COVID-19 that caused him to crash. So I, I don't know the, the conclusion of that one. I doubt it. You are fake news. Great story. Compelling and rich. Very fake news. I'll be honest with you. Retort. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Skag free over he is. You are a terrific team on all counts. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Well, the the mobs of uh, Portland, they're finally facing justice. We've long been been debating... uh, the degree to which the feds should intervene when local politicians do nothing to stop crime, and now Portland has given the feds no choice. Uh, they're trying to destroy federal property and attack federal officers, and the feds have responded with arrests, and this is called uh, kidnapping, according to the Twitter trend. Uh, Portland kidnapping was trending uh, late this week and over the weekend, so we'll go through all the facts. Who was kidnapped and by whom? Plus, uh, can't escape the coronavirus weekly catch-up. And I take no joy in going through all the coronavirus information, but the fear-mongering is always front and center on the newscasts. And I thought we'd seen the most ridiculous corona deaths previously. Of course, we've tracked all the cases of people dying from falls and it being counted as a coronavirus death and babies with terminal conditions being counted as coronavirus deaths and things like that. Well, as you heard in the intro there, a 20-year-old Florida man dies in a motorcycle crash but gets counted as a coronavirus death, at least for the moment, when the local news station investigated, they've revised that count now. But as of the broadcast, the public health official was saying it could be argued that coronavirus caused uh, the motorcycle crash for that young man. You never know. He, he coughed up a lung and veered <laughs> into he the He would have been fine lane. otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Very unfortunate. Plus, um, Bill de Blasio's Black Lives Matter mural in New York outside of Trump Tower uh, was vandalized. Uh, but what's the mural and what's the vandalism? You decide. We'll go through it. 
vandalized basically every day of the week. But there was one that was particularly interesting. And uh, of course, another plentiful serving of hoax hate and some quality cringe to close. Normally, I like to surprise you with cringe, but these, this week's entries are a little more complex. So I figured I'd have to explain them beforehand. Did you get a chance to look at them? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll check them out. I got two for you. And, uh, and of course, we'll take Super Chats on YouTube, Streamlabs, and DLive in between topics and to close the show as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals from listener owned businesses. Of course, this week's feature business is a big supporter of the show, and that's our friends over at Charity Swipes. Uh, If you own or manage a business, you have got to speak with Charity Swipes. They are a credit card processor, just like Square or PayPal, but with lower fees, which means you keep more money in your pockets where it belongs. They have solutions for all types of businesses, from retail to restaurants to e-commerce. So no matter what kind of business you have, they have a program to meet your needs. Not only does Charity Swipes help businesses save on their credit card processing fees, but they're also giving back to the community as well. As the name suggests, they give 30% of their annual profits to charities like Make-A-Wish, Wounded Warriors Project, and the Gary Sinise Foundation. So simply by working with Charity Swipes, you're supporting nonprofits across, uh, across the country. You can get started with Charity Swipes today and receive a free card reader as well as free setup and training. You can view all the details of their offer at charityswipes.com slash MC. Every signup greatly supports our show as well. So if you own a business, do yourself a favor and uh, go check them out. That's charityswipes.com slash MC. You can find other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including uh, Phoenix Ammo, Sonoran Defense Technologies, Hero Soap Company, and more at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. We had uh, a meetup in Charlotte, apparently, this week. And one person who was too shy to show his face. Or (laughs) Or it's just smart. (laughs) Or smart or improvising a mask. I know you're supposed to do that these days. Use household materials to make a mask. Unless, I don't know what's going on in North Carolina. I guess technically bars here, you don't have to wear your mask well consuming your beverage or food you just have to wear it upon entry in the ultimate bit of nonsense that's so retarded and <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any sense why why i don't know then all the air still gets circulated through the uh air conditioning or heating unit at the place and it doesn't matter but uh, we're calling this safety i don't know what's going on in north carolina congratulations if it's still a free state though you uh, you have my envy also say uh big news if you listen to the show I've long had Spotify requested. People email me and say, please put your show on on Spotify. Well, the story on that is I I tried years ago and we were rejected by Spotify for reasons unexplained. One would presume. They never never told us why. They just said no. I just got an email that was like, nah, we're not. They used to be a little more exclusive. I don't know if they've changed their policies. I don't know if uh, the influence of Joe Rogan has got to them, whatever. But I tried. I tried again. I submitted the podcast again this week. Maybe just a different person reviewed it and poof, the show is on Spotify. So if you prefer to listen to the show and you like to listen on Spotify for your podcasts, you can find not only the Sunday show audio, but of course you get the uh, Wednesday call-in show replays and then whatever else I decide to add up there for some 
extra content from time to time, the link is in the description, or you can just search the show on Spotify. And if they haven't uh, deranked the search results or erased them entirely, you should be able to find it. But if you uh, if you have trouble finding it, you can also check out the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash podcast. It is linked from there. And uh, thanks for listening on Spotify if you decide to do that. Well, we've been following a lot of um, public fights lately, from masks to racial animosity to all sorts of weird brawls that have been happening. Maybe it's just that people are pent up, a lot of pent up rage from the coronavirus lockdowns. A bad, bad week to hang out at airports, I guess. A massive physical altercation happened uh, Tuesday night at the Fort Lauderdale airport. Three employees were injured when three women attacked the Spirit Airlines workers because apparently their flight to Philadelphia was delayed. This was the scene. Okay. Uh, that fat chick just jogged her ass right over there. <laughs> she wasn't wearing any shoes, just jogging. You had to go there, didn't you? They were just observing a construction site, that's all. They, they, mm-hmm. Their airport terminal was under construction. They wanted to check it's it like, out. Where's the water? I'm just looking <laughs> for the water. I mean, what do you expect? I, I think that what's happening here is that people that are already predisposed to criminality that the lockdown's getting to them and then they are kind of hopped up on this black lives matter crack and it's making them insane is there a reason you chose crack instead of cocaine in that context (laughs) no that was just my natural go-to i didn't Ah. do that on purpose sorry susan it wasn't me i beg for your mercy all three women ages 20 to 22 were charged with battery and petty theft for apparently taking an employee's phone. They they beat up the employees and took a phone on top of it. That also happened. Oh, jeez. Uh, reportedly, uh, or no, no, uh, I, I was going to say, I don't know why they, maybe they didn't even want to get to, uh, to Philadelphia that bad because apparently it wasn't much better at the Philadelphia airport. That wasn't the only airport brawl this week. There was another one in Philadelphia. This one was at the ba- uh, baggage claim. Check this out. Climbing on the actual carousel. Damn. What you're seeing is the boyfriend guy just laying on top of his girlfriend, significant other, I don't know, protecting Protecting her from this mob beating. Now, there is prior footage that shows the two parties, the, the chick who was uh, on the ground there, in some sort of verbal argument with the rest of the, the people who were beating her up. It's unclear. Well, what'd she say? Who started I, You can't. I, I haven't seen. You can watch this. Uh, it looks like a Snapchat clip, and it just cuts. It's like they, they I can show some of it here. You won't hear this. But, see, there's some kind of argument here. 
and she's saying like kiss my ass basically and, and they're fighting and then it just uh, it just cuts straight to the terminal scene right after this so we don't really see what was said or who started the physical fighting kind of unclear you think she said the n-word I must have the whole thing's justified if so did you see this Roger Stone? Uh, I don't think we're talking about it today. This this Roger Stone claim that he called, uh, who was it? Something O'Kelly. Uh, like the N-word. Anyway, I was reading this Daily Mail article, and when they were talking about it, they were like, and he called him an N asterisk 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 O. And I was looking at it for like 10 minutes. I'm like, what, <laughs> what? racial slur? Like, nigga? Like, what did he, you can't what say did that. Say? <laughs> no, but you, obviously it was Negro. Oh, did it was this, Negro. This true? That was the slur? Yeah. I guess so. I oh. mean, that makes way more sense than <laughs> Stop. You can't um, say that. We're going to get banned. That's not even a word. Uh, <laughs> but does anybody know the scoop on that? Did that actually happen? Did he actually say that? Because it's ill-advised, Roger Stone, if true. But I highly doubt it. Uh, reportedly, uh, the two groups of passengers were antagonizing each other. That's the, that's the description that I see here. This was an American Airlines flight from Miami to Philadelphia. You can actually see, if you scroll down here... Initially, it was thought that it was security personnel filming the fight. It's just American Airlines employees filming the fight. So, so they're just like, whoa, yeah, check, who's this commentary from? Check this out. Uh, I don't know who the actual person recording this clip is. This particular tweet is from some guy. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know who he is. Anyway, uh, keep just watch your back at the airport. It's apparently getting sketchy. Also, don't try to defend yourself because you will be prosecuted. We've already seen this with the McCloskeys and the Wustenbergs at the Michigan Chipotle. People who have been thrust yeah. into situations where they had no choice but to defend themselves with firearms. And now you have these insane DAs going after them for the crime of defending themselves. The question remained on what was going to happen to Stephen Baca, who's this Albuquerque, the guy who was involved in the altercation at the Conquistador statue in Albuquerque we've previously discussed. Now, remember, mm -hmm. the... He was the mob was destroying the statue, tearing it down. He shows up. He doesn't like it. He's kind of mixing it up with the crowd. You can't really see who's doing what. There's a woman kind of shoving him. He's clearly displeased with what they're doing. A guy takes out a skateboard and hits him with it. Yeah. Stephen Baca retreats like a full city block. The mob chases after him and says, we're going to kill you or he's going to kill you. He backs up, backs up, backs up. An Antifa guy is approaching him with what looks like a knife in the screenshots, though the, the prosecutor disputes that. And after a full city block charge, then he defensively shoots an Antifa guy after retreating for that far. Previously, the charges against Baca were dropped shortly thereafter, or at least that was reported. I'm not exactly clear how this happened in court, but that was reported. Now the charges have been refiled, the story reads. Baca is once again charged uh, once again charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. The prosecutor says Baca was the initial aggressor in the confrontation, which I, he's not the prosecutor's not offering a ton of evidence here, so I'm not sure how he reaches that conclusion. He also says there was no knife. He says, "We can clearly rule out a knife. We can see in multiple images that it is actually a pair of eyeglasses that the Antifa guy took took uh, off after Mr. Baca started deploying the chemical spray. So he also deployed a pepper spray in self-defense and they kept pursuing him. Yeah. Uh, the Antifa guy also had a vape pen in his other hand. Apparently he holds it knife style when he's vaping and kind of points it at people. That's what the prosecutor is saying. And that's not, it doesn't even end there in terms of 
the insanity of charging this guy with what seems to me to be very clear self-defense on video. The prosecutor, uh, the district attorney, is also announcing his decision to um, to seek a an order from a judge banning the New Mexico Civil Guard, this uh, quote unquote militia group that was there. They were there. They were armed. They didn't like the uh, the statue destruction, but they didn't really intervene. They didn't do anything. He's trying to ban them from future protests under the reasoning that they are intimidating other people from exercising their free speech rights, that their armed presence chills the free speech rights of others. And what's interesting here is remember the original CNN reporting and all the people, they said that it was this New New Mexico Civil Guard, this militia group that was at fault for the shooting. When in fact, to date, there's no demonstration of an association between Stephen Baca and the militia group. None at all. And the militia group actually detained Stephen Baca after the shooting. Like they held him down until law enforcement arrived. Yet they are being punished for the self-defense actions of another person when all they did was show up to protest and they had guns, which is, is their right to have. Weird story coming out of... uh, Coming out of Albuquerque. Keep an eye on this one. What is he being charged with again? Aggravated battery with a deadly weapon is the charge. Wow. So keep an eye on this one with the rest of those self-defense stories that we that we need to watch. Uh, also keep an eye on this because uh, if you thought 2020 was crazy, hold on to your masks. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's cancer is back or a new. This is a new cancer or an old. What, what are we doing? No, it's here? a it's a return of a previous cancer. Okay. Um. But what she went, it, everything is contained in her statement, which I'll read in a second. But uh, what she went in for pre- this previously in the week uh, is unrelated to the recurrence of the cancer. So this is the statement that she made um, earlier this week. On May 19th, I began a course of chemotherapy to treat a recurrence of cancer. A periodic scan in February followed by a biopsy revealed lesions in my liver. But I've sold my soul to the devil, so I will never die. My recent hospitalization to remove gallstones and treat an infection were unrelated to this recurrence. So that's what she was in for. I think she had a gallstone and she got an infection. Um, So initially this proved unsuccessful. And then the chemotherapy course, she said, is yielding positive results. She's satisfied that her treatment course is now clear. Um, My most recent scan on July 7th indicated significant reduction of the liver lesions and no new disease. I'm tolerating chemotherapy well. I'm encouraged by the success of my current treatment. Will continue biweekly chemotherapy to keep my cancer at bay and am able to maintain an active daily routine. I bet. She's still doing lots of planks, Ruth lots Bader of, Ginsburg. And, yeah. Throughout, I've kept up with the opinion writing and all the other court work. I've often said I would remain a member of the court as long as I can do the job full steam. <laughs> I remain fully able to do that. There's no fucking way. She's just an animated corpse. And then there, there are other people that are writing her opinions. This is insane. They would rather like have a marionette corpse on the Supreme Court than God forbid, let Trump appoint somebody else. But they're not going to be able to keep this going for four years. It's not going to happen. They've been keeping it going for four years already. She died 10 years ago for all we know. Yeah, really. She's but- had so many kinds of high risk cancer. How is she still alive? Oh my yeah. God. Well, in this statement too, as long as I can do the job full steam, zero chance. It's got to be interns. It's got to be staff. Show me the footage of her sitting down, reading the facts of a case, formulating her own analysis, writing up the whole analysis. I understand that all Supreme Court 
uh, justices have support staff to help them. But she's supposed to be guiding the ship of her office. There is zero chance she's guiding the ship of her office. Absolutely yeah. not. Once again, this proves my theory that old women can be sustained 100% on their spite. Yeah. And they don't need food. They don't need water. Cancer just doesn't touch them. It's just that spite. It'll keep you alive forever. Keep an eye on this, although that seems sort of naive, as though our eyes are fully capable of seeing what exactly is going on here anyway. I guarantee there is more than meets the eye, but we will uh, we will follow closely. Uh, Congressman John Lewis, spite did not sustain him, I suppose. Uh, he, he passed this week. Nope. Uh... uh I don't know quite what to say about this, but um, so for those you don't know, John Lewis, he was the youngest leader of the 1963 March on Washington, a congressman from Georgia, a long serving congressman from Georgia, uh, icon of the civil rights movement. He died on Friday when he was 80. Uh, in 2019, he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So I guess that kind of wiped him out. That was Is that one of the really ones high... that RBG survived too, or has survived? Uh, I think she has. Yeah. And it's a very high fatality hmm. Uh, cancer, but it's hard to tell with her because some she has had some cancers that have metastasized to other areas of her body. Mm. So it's like, where did that cancer even originate? Um, so yeah, he was one of the people that was brutally clubbed in the 1965 March in Selma. Mm. So uh, I don't want to read too much of this CNN article because it's like a glowing review of somebody's life that I don't really care about that much. So hate in your heart. Hey. The I, am I supposed to like, is my heart supposed to bleed for every person that I don't know that died that fought for some cause? I don't care about, I don't care. I don't care about this. Well, yeah, you're supposed to get up and, um, and sing heroes praises every single time. I, I think that generally speaking, the, the, the fight for civil rights is the, was, was, uh, you know, a force for positivity, a good thing for this country. Do I have to endorse his politics today? No, I don't. But that's kind of the trap right now is if you have uh, sort of a nuanced perspective, then uh, then you're hateful and you're not saying enough. You're not doing enough. Whatever. So, Unpopular yeah, opinion. Nobody cares when somebody they don't know dies. <laughs> Nobody really cares that much. Yeah. Well, there's there's the, the question of care and there's the question of impact on the country, too. And, and certainly this is a person who had a great uh, a significant impact on the country just yeah, from a historical right. perspective, you know. <laughs> Headline, old man dies. Yeah. <laughs> well, the big question is, does he count as a coronavirus death? We'll have to find out. Did he get tested? Mm, no, maybe. I don't know. There are, uh, there are serious questions coming out of the John Lewis death episode. Uh, of course, the weekend media has been a marathon of tribute to Lewis, but um, Kamala Harris's appearance on MSNBC with Al Sharpton on Saturday is, is raising a totally different issue did Kamala Harris get a new face? You decide. He was, he was a living saint, um, and now he will be obviously among our most honored ancestors. The quiet conversations that we would have, um, he was always so encouraging. That was my last big event before the, the pandemic was to be there with John, with you and so many others to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in March. I know exactly what she's had done. Sorry, the video's skipping there. I'll see if it fixes itself. But thanks for bearing with me. Anyway, all right, what did she have done? Okay, well, first of all, it's it's the black eyes. That's that's really what's getting everybody. But that's just eyeliner and a bad camera angle. But as far as the plastic surgery she's had, I've never had any work done. So I don't know how I possibly know this. Okay. Okay, she's had 
Botox in her forehead. She had Botox around her eyes. She had her upper lip filled with Juvederm. And then she's had her cheeks done. This is all your own personal assessment? Yes. I mean, I I have no personal experience with any of these things. Of course, of course. Uh, but I'm like 95% sure that's what she's done. And then she might have had a facelift. To me, it looks like she's wearing a mask of her own face. But I, <laughs> but I got to say, uh, who wore it better? Let me let me. When I saw this, this was the first thing I thought. Who wore it better uh, between Kamala Harris and the guy from Saw? <laughs> the nice. J- jigsaw or whatever his name is the cheeks look the same the eyes look very similar the shape of the mouth overall she could be a horror movie villain very easily in any case we have uh, we have no answers on this people are suggesting that maybe she's had a little chin implant put in and i maybe i kind of see it hmm. forming butt chin perhaps mm, yeah well in terms of tributes to uh to the late john lewis uh, two senators are being mocked, mostly Marco Rubio, but also the senator from Alaska, Dan Sullivan, who I honestly did not even know was a senator until this story. But anyway, two, two senators paid tribute to John Lewis using whoops, photos of Elijah Cummings, who, who congressman, former congressman Elijah Cummings, who died back in uh, the fall in October. Here's Marco Rubio's tweet. That's, in fact, Elijah Cummings. Fair enough. Here's I, I uh Here's uh, Dan Sullivan, Senator Dan Sullivan from Alaska, also on Facebook, posting a picture of him and Elijah Cummings. And yeah, you shouldn't make that mistake if you're a member of Congress who worked with the guy. I get it. But looking back, this mistake is actually extremely common. Here's CNN making the same mistake January 2017, uh, tweeting out supposedly a picture of Elijah Cummings that is, in fact, John Lewis. Whoops. and uh, and and then John Lewis eulogized Elijah Cummings last fall, and as far as I can tell, that's just John Lewis eulogizing himself. Like who's who? <laughs> I know. In that picture, in fact, uh, Elijah Cummings joked in a documentary about constantly being mistaken for <laughs> John Lewis. A whole family to come up, <laughs> and it's in. Johnny, this is John Lewis. And I'm like, I don't want to embarrass the parents. I don't want to. I've gotten a lot of pictures taken where people just assume that I'm John Lewis. Honestly, I already forgot which one that was. I couldn't even tell you. You yeah, just put it. You didn't keep saying John Lewis. I wouldn't know that that was a lot. <laughs> so. Um, easy mistake. Yeah, everyone likes to uh, to laugh at those two senators, and I agree that it's a mistake they shouldn't make, but this is not a new mistake. This has, in fact, been happening for years and years and years. Anyway, let's uh, let's hop into the major story of the week, which is uh, which is what's going on in Portland. So I was joking earlier this week before everything escalated rapidly uh, that Portland has basically been been underrated compared to Seattle and Minneapolis. Yeah. Portland has not quit destroying itself. Seattle and Minneapolis had these nice bursts of energy, but Portland has been uh, has been just staying constant throughout this whole thing. So the the city is in, uh, actually on something like a 50 night streak of unrest and destruction and just general chaos. This, of it's course, really not getting very much coverage. Um, no. Well, now it is because Trump's terrorists have kidnapped people. But in the but, last two weeks. Almost none. Not a lot. Almost yeah. none. 
Yeah, I, I admittedly, I was hardly paying attention to it, and I'm someone who pays attention to a lot of this stuff. Anyway, of course, uh, the anarchists, the mob there, they are enabled by the uh, the nutless wonder himself, Mayor Ted Wheeler, who stands by while his citizens are assaulted and while their property is destroyed. And of course, he's police commissioner as well. And he orders his police to stand down or at bare minimum use minimal deterrence tactics. He, he basically lets the mob run those streets. So lately the mob in Portland has been messing with the federal courthouse downtown. And I discussed this a little bit in a video earlier this week. The mob has turned the courthouse exterior into somewhat of a graffiti mural. And that's the lightest. That's the, that's the least offensive thing they've done. They've tried to light the courthouse on fire. Thankfully they're not that uh, talented in doing so. They've assaulted federal officers at the building with a hammer and other attacks And this has led the feds to fight back. Last weekend, they fired a non-lethal round into the face of one of these protesters, and uh, that protester suffered a fractured skull. Of course, that is the shot that got all the the attention prior to the attention now with additional federal intervention, with little to no mention of the mob's months-long spree of destruction and aggression leading up to it. So now the feds are cracking down even harder. This is the clip that went viral this week. It shows uh, at the time, unidentified federal police officers sweeping an Antifa member off the street and then disappearing him into an unmarked car. This was uh, driving the so-called Portland kidnapping trend on Twitter this week. Here's the footage. What are you doing? Use your words. What are you doing? Use your words. What are you doing? Use your words. What is going on? Who are you? NLG will get you out. What's your name? Tell us your name. Okay, you're fine. We'll get you out. So again, no, no law enforcement agency identified on the uniforms. And then notice the car here. This is just a generic minivan. They load this guy into, not marked at all. Got you, friend. We got you. Oh, fuck. NLG. You just violated their rights. Uh, Interesting. Kidnapping people. You just violated their rights. Thanks for keeping them fucking... Maybe. Tell me more about violating people's rights, though. I would love to hear the lecture from the Antifa crowd. Do you think it's real? Well, I have heard from a few emailers who think that is actually a staged event. I am not of that persuasion, but are you entertaining that theory? I don't know. I mean, it's it's uncommon for people. I didn't see anything identifiable on their uniforms. Did you? Well, no, but as I'll get to in a moment, uh, federal spokespeople have acknowledged this is legitimate and have said, yeah, we're doing this for this reason. So Why I, are they using unmarked cars? Did they address that? Yeah, they, yeah I'll, I'll explain okay. in a minute. Um, but is that, or do you have additional points of uh, scrutiny? Because they do no, have an explanation I for mean, that. I mean, if they've confirmed it, then it's, it's probably real. But I see why people would think it was fake. Hmm. I, I was going to say the one thing that's odd about it to me is just how little resistance there is. I get that they're unmarked and you don't know who it is, but that Antifa guy seems to know exactly like, they're coming for me. I am not surprised by this. I'm aware that they're coming for me. There, there's no surprise element to it. That seemed a little odd. But of course, if you know that you've committed a series of federal crimes and then, <laughs> then like, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> a, what looks like a spec ops squad comes after you, you're like, ah, yeah, I kind of anticipated this. 
anyway, um, at, at first, as operating under the assumption that we're what we're seeing here is the uh, is the in fact accurate thing. I had a lot of hesitation about this scene. Uh, yes, of course, I want Antifa terrorists brought to justice uh, as much as anybody does. But I think we should all be wary of, of a federal ghost squad and uh, federal meddling in local and state affairs. Those are big red flags for me. But the more I learn about what what's happening here and what happened in that case, the less worried and opposed I am with maybe just a few points of concern. But first, let's let's address the easy propaganda claims here. You'll hear all sorts of media and politicians claiming this is a federal crackdown on peaceful protesters. That's that's nonsense for the reasons we discussed earlier. But I want to go through with a little bit more detail. Uh, check out the scene in front of the courthouse this weekend there. This is just this weekend, by the way, not months long prior. Just this weekend, the courthouse, the, the feds at the courthouse keep setting up barricades outside to try to stop the Antifa and the Antifa riders and the mob from breaching the courthouse. Instead, the mob is trying to get is trying to use those barricades to barricade the feds inside their own building. And then you have one of their their speakers, their organizers, some uh, non-binary sex worker openly claiming our goal is the abolition of the United States, not just police reform, not just I don't know, not 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 social reforms generally or, or political proposals. We want to end the country. These are scenes from Portland just this weekend of the peaceful protests. Fireworks being shot at the uh, at the courthouse too. Yeah. They're just shooting fireworks at the windows and doors. My name is Lilith Sinclair. I'm an Afro-Indigenous, non-binary local organizer here in Portland, organizing for the abolition of not just the militarized police state, but also the United States as we know. Okay, so... Yay! Destroy the country entirely. Okay, cool. That, that's what we're dealing with. This is not peaceful protest. And just to give you an idea of the, uh, of the timeline here, and, and keep in mind, this is federal property that we're dealing with. Not city property, not state property, not private property. Federal property. And it's not as though the feds have not been patient with trying to quell this aggression against their, their property. Consider a abbrevi- an abbreviated timeline here. The mob has been tagging the courthouse with graffiti since the end of May. The feds tried fencing first. The mob destroyed the fencing on multiple occasions uh, in early June. Then the mob started breaking windows at the courthouse. Then the feds started using wooden boards on June 10th. The mob tried to rip those down. Then on June 13th, the mob destroyed the courthouse's security card reader and threw metal pipes at the building. (laughs) July 1, the feds put up a uh, plywood at the courthouse the the mob graffiti tagged those two the same day 200 anarchists blocked uh, access to the courthouse and launched fireworks at it july 2nd the mob breaks windows at the courthouse attempting to enter fireworks shots continue and the mob starts using lasers trying to blind federal officers 
July 3rd, anarchists break the front window of the courthouse. July 4th, a thousand of these anarchists show up and spray paint the courthouse and throw rocks and fireworks, including mortar style fireworks like we saw at the courthouse. Many are seen carrying rifles. July 7th, the mob starts attacking federal officers with bottles and rocks and other things that they just toss at them. Uh, July 11th, as I mentioned earlier in the week, the mob assaults federal officers with a hammer. And then July 12th, the mob starts throwing actual shit, like actual fecal matter at the officers, not just federal officers, but Portland PD as well. And the list goes on. And this is just the actions against the feds. Mind you, this has nothing. I'm not even saying anything about the actions taken against private business in the area, which has just been ravaged. And the Portland police, they set a Portland police precinct on fire this weekend, Minneapolis style. So this is what we're dealing with. Point one, you have little to no local police help from the mayor and the feds are being attacked and they have waited weeks or even months trying to be patient and use minimal deterrence. But what option do they have when their property and and their lives are being threatened other than to defend their property and defend themselves? These are not peaceful protests. These are months-long assaults. Um, And point two, addressing this, everything I see says the feds are policing strictly federal crimes. I don't see evidence that this is happening on some kind of mass scale. It is a, it's targeted towards specific individuals. Indeed, in that viral video, the feds uh, are after one specific guy, who of course, as we mentioned, isn't even surprised to see this happening. He immediately knows what's up. He puts his hands up and he complies a customs and uh, border patrol agent who, as I'll get to in a moment is behind a lot of this. They're, they're they're, a border patrol is a border patrol force, a, a federal police force. Uh, a spokesman for Customs and Border Patrol responded to that viral video saying, quote, the agency has information that person was suspected of assaults against federal officers or destruction of federal property. And point three, as this spokesperson also mentions, and this gets to the unmarked portion that you were wondering about, there are legitimate tactical considerations here. To the extent that these Antifa thugs have committed federal crimes, They got to be detained. I think we could all agree on that. You commit a federal crime, you're going to have to be detained and prosecuted. Well, how is that done most cleanly? Obviously, I think we'd all like as much transparency in this process as possible. I don't think anybody likes to see unmarked cars and unmarked uniforms on people making arrests. However. Yeah, it might be necessary. They would have just uh, bashed that car in with their baseball bats and stopped it from entering that area of the city, too. Yeah, given the terroristic nature of this mob, uh, I don't think that would go well if they showed up in uh, federal police cars clearly marked that those are those are targets for Antifa people. Uh, I don't think that would go well. And uh, Andy No actually explained this thinking quite well on Fox News uh, this weekend. There are folks there are folks there who are saying it's uh, like stop and frisk meets Guantanamo Bay. They say people who are protesters uh, who aren't doing anything wrong are being abducted by federal authorities. No, that is an anti-pop uh, talking point that's being repeated by sympathetic media. So all 
federal law enforcement agencies are going to have unmarked vehicles so that they can do surveillance and discreet arrests of people who are evading uh, arrest, right? So it's no surprise, and it's quite obvious, that they would use unmarked vehicles to discreetly pull up to violent criminal suspects and arrest them with minimal or no force. Federal law enforcement have made numerous arrests since their short time in the city of Portland, and they've bringing serious charges, charges of assault against law enforcement, destruction of federal property. Okay, so I reserve my points of caution and concern if it can be shown to me that the feds are meddling in local affairs, but I don't see evidence of that. And it seems pretty necessary at this point. If you if you're attacking federal officers or federal property, they're going to have to arrest you. And as much as, as much skepticism as I have of the unmarked nature of that, there is no denying that I can't imagine it possibly going better trying to arrest these Antifa terrorists with minimal incident. I mean, it, yeah. that's about as smooth as it gets, to be honest. So, but if no you can, resistance and if you can show me that the feds are intervening in Oregon state or Portland city crimes, I have an issue there. I haven't been shown that yet. I've only seen them arresting people suspected of federal crimes committed against federal property and personnel. Right. So I have less of an issue there. Uh, you know, if you, generally speaking, if you attack the feds, uh, expect the feds to come and get you. That's, that's not just the right of the feds. That's the right of any person attacked. So I have to extend that same courtesy to them. Now, as far as who this federal force is, uh, it is um, confirmed that this is a uh, mm. This is an elite. Uh, this is the Border Patrol Tactical Unit, uh, also known as BORTAC. There are some ICE officers helping as well. They are an elite tactical unit that operates basically as a SWAT team for Border Patrol. That's who we're dealing with here. So repurposed Border Patrol agents. Maybe there's some debate or criticism there that their essential function is handling border issues. This is not a border issue. They are a federal police force assigned with enforcing federal law, though. So, and these people do need to be kicked out of the country. So that's true. They might have catapults. They yeah. may. I don't know. Anyway, if you ask Demo Democrats, these are just Trump's SS. So the uh, the Portland mayor has accused Trump of occupying Portland with his personal army. The Portland mayor says this is just an ill-conceived strategy to bolster the president's sagging poll numbers. He says it's Trump. Trump, not the mob, but Trump is putting Portland citizens in danger. Here's the mayor. The videos, the pictures, the experiences that we're all witnessing here in Portland should be shocking to all Americans. He shaved his beard. That's the first mistake. He, he had a shred of, of uh, respect when he had that. Mm, the words <laughs> and actions from President Trump and the Department of Homeland Security have shown that this is an attack on our democracy. Over the past week, President Trump has used our city as a staging ground to further his political agenda, igniting his base to cause further divisiveness, and in doing so, endangering Portlanders. Mr. President, federal agencies should never be used as your own personal army. We have federal officers on our streets further escalating tensions and causing harm to Portlanders right now. <laughs> Who else is causing harm to Portlanders? Can we, can we be complete in our list? You watch local news stories and you have businesses shuttered 
with plywood covering all their windows, yeah. begging for mercy. And I, I get a kick because the local news stories, I don't have them prepped, but you can watch them. And they say, well, it's unclear if it's the unrest or coronavirus that has led to downtown being a ghost town. Yeah, I'm sure it's coronavirus fears. Yeah. Not being assaulted by a terrorist be, mob. That may be contributing in some way. 5% tops. Okay. You don't think these people that, are yeah. eager to get back to business after all that crap? I, I'm sure they're they're itching. But, yeah, uh, but um, judging by North Idaho's recent response to coronavirus, it, the, you know, the... The ability of the public to resist this fear mongering is can't be. Yeah, the mask terrorists are winning in my neck of the woods, too, for Over sure. Here, yeah, but we'll see how long that lasts. I think people had a lot of good faith compliance with the lockdowns in the early stages, too, and the patients wore off pretty quickly. So we'll see how long the, the mask patients last. We'll get to uh, more coronavirus stuff in the next segment. But uh it's not just Ted Wheeler. Nancy Pelosi tweeted out that uh, the, these are Trump's stormtroopers, not the actions of a democratic republic. They undermine uh, Portland and its mission. Trump and his stormtroopers must be stopped, uh, Nancy Pelosi says. Okay, well, I, uh, I invite Nancy Pelosi's proposal or how to respond to the vandalism of federal property. I, I, can, will she personally go out there and lecture them and finger wave? Of course not. A few weeks ago, she was like, well, I don't care about statues very much. Yeah. She also characterizes this as. Uh, that the, 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 the feds, the federal police are kidnapping protesters and causing severe injuries in response to graffiti. Graffiti is the only issue in Portland. It's just graffiti. It's not major public property damage. And what, what does she mean causing injuries? Well, to, to be fair to her, the one guy was shot in the face with a non-lethal round and had to have facial reconstruction surgery. Okay. <laughs> but that guy, that guy, what happened in that case was the feds were trying to disperse people from outside the courthouse. He was standing there with some kind of boom box. The feds tossed a gas canister to disperse the crowd. He picked, he kicked it and then he picked it up and tossed it back at the cops. Yeah. And then they shot him in the face with a non-lethal round. Non-lethal. He's fine. Everything's fine. I don't know. His How face his face is going to look like Kamala Harris's after this, I think. I are there pictures I have seen. Um, I've not seen pictures, but you can watch the footage and he gets shot in the face and drops to the ground as though he's dead. And it's it's kind of bloody. The aftermath is kind of bloody. Footage, but um I I was hoping that there were pictures like before and after pictures of this of this. Face. I don't know if the reconstruction is complete. Hmm. I can't tell you. And last thing I'll say, of course, the ACLU is a totally worthless leftist propaganda shell of its former self. Just in case you needed additional proof, the ACLU is now suing. No, not uh, not the uh, the mayor of Portland for failing to protect the civil liberties of his city or the governor of Oregon or anyone like that. They're suing the Department of Homeland Security, trying to block federal law enforcement from dispersing. This is their language, dispersing, arresting, threatening to arrest or using physical force against journalists or legal observers as though as far as I can tell, any of that is happening here. But as though that's the bulk of what's happening here, civil rights are being violated by the mob and their local government enablers every hour of every day in Portland. But the ACLU is working to keep that mob in business. That's what the ACLU is doing now. Anyway, that's all I got to say on Portland. I, I, I as I said, I reserve a little bit of skepticism, but uh, to say that this is kidnapping of people who are just peaceful protesters, that is nonsense. That's not what we're dealing with here. 
It, it, no, I mean, the lack of, um, there was just no resisting. I find that a little suspicious. I don't know what that really means, but I thought that was strange. Their jam is normally to attack people that do stuff like that. And then the onlookers were like, you know, use your words, use your words. It's like, mm. yeah. Well, you talk about appropriate federal restraint. I've seen nothing but like six weeks of federal restraint. And as I said, I, we can argue with the principles of the process. As far as the effect, I don't know that I've ever seen a higher risk, but more cleanly executed arrest ever. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just purely practical terms. Hey, you got it done. Assuming that person committed crimes, but they say they have probable cause. So it is truly remarkable that they're not out there killing people at this point in time, even punitively. Like if I were, <laughs> well, everybody knows if I were in the situation, what I would be doing, but um, <laughs> they are practicing a remarkable amount of respect. Yeah, it would have been hand grenades tossed into every crowd by now. If you were inside that uh, federal building. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes Putin gets things right. What can I say? <laughs> He would not be dealing with any of this shit. Well, it's time to get into uh, coronavirus updates. Maybe we need a break beforehand. Do you want to stop for a minute or do you want to carry on? Sure. I should probably go feed the baby. Okay. We can take a quick break. I can check in with uh, our various chatters. What do you think? 10 minutes? Yeah, I think we can do that. Okay. I will be back at seven. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you in a moment. Thank you again for uh, patience, everybody with blondes availability. And I got to say it too. feel a little bad because the, biological imperative graphic was uh was the concept of a listener listener sean and i didn't want to put sean on the spot last week because you know you never know if people want that on the air but i have to credit uh the creativity where due and so the creativity is all thanks to sean and not to myself so thank you sean much appreciated let's uh let's check in with uh we're good over on before i forget we're good over on d live thank you guys for supporting the show but before i forget on the treasure chest which i want to do get that open for you thank you guys as well i'm going to check in on Streamlabs real quick see what we got okay oh wow good turnout tonight i got to scroll down a ways philip smallin for mayor reminding you of two recent promises, a a white pill segment every show. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> Maybe we could try. B an update on the low pneumonia death numbers. That's that will be interesting to see uh, at the end of the year, especially. I got a lot of questions about how coronavirus numbers and about just how death numbers in this country generally will break down at the end of 2020. So certainly, there's a lot of data analysis to be done. And of course, good luck in your mayoral bid. Your mask is uh, one of my various trolling options. Now that Montana, the state, has required masks in indoor public settings. I have various trolling options. Philip Smallin for mayor's masks are stupid mask is one such option. RP Gigachad says, imagine compromising more than 100 prominent Twitter accounts with tens of millions of followers and using it for the, uh, how do you say this word? Banal? B-A-N-A-L. I admit I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, the purpose of stealing cyber shekels instead of spicy uh, purposes the mass tweeting of the of a bit shoot link to europa the last ba- the last battle i didn't follow the story very closely perhaps i should have all i know is a whole bunch of blue checks got hacked for a variety of purposes one of them yeah one of them was like a bitcoin scheme of some kind Cameron says, hey, Matt, did you see the latest theory on black Twitter that the reason for the gun deaths <laughs> in Chicago? I will get to this in the hoax hate segment because this one isn't new. 
it's actually uh, it's one that's been sort of circulating Twitter for many years. But yes, he says uh, the latest theory on black Twitter that the reason for the gun deaths in Chicago specifically is due to white nationalists putting on black blackface body suits in order to kill blacks. Uh, that's that's just as this is a little spicy. Can I go with this? That's just as crazy as using wooden doors for gas chambers. I disavow. But yes, we will uh, we will get to that segment at the end of the show. Six foot white Jesus says tomorrow I'll know the sex of my the, the sex of my fourth little snow ape. Congratulations. A little part of me wants it uh, to be a boy so he'll grow up and be an old white man that'll annoy leftists simply by existing. The first three uh, are already pretty based and any scando should be well con- uh, as any scando should be. Congratulations to your family. And uh, yeah, all the best, man. Congrats. Dildo Swaggin says, I've come to the realization that swimmers and <laughs> swimmers and joggers can't live together. We segregation of athletics. I don't think that uh, I don't think we should do that. I'm keeping the Asians. I'm keeping the Asians, though, because I love Thai food. And <laughs> you really he loves uh, Kung Pao women. Let's put it that way. Kung Pao women. Joggers can have the gardeners and we'll see whose society prospers. This is going to be who's going to garden in, in the Thai food society. That's the question that Mike DeWine's shit eating grin says, can you hear about the cross? Did you hear about the cross burning in Marion, Virginia on June 14th? Seems it actually was a white guy who did it in related news. I had not heard of that in related news. The guy who threw a bomb into the Minnesota mosque back in 2017, his trial has been pushed back to September 21st. I need to check in on that story. At the time, if I recall correctly, if it's the same story I'm thinking of, I thought for sure that one was a hoax. But I think that's one of the few that turned out to be legit. So I need to come back to that story. Thanks for the update. Candy Mac says, unfortunately, another coronavirus update. Getting our asses kicked. I think this is our real first wave. And the shit has just... uh, and this shit has to just blow through each community. Open, closed, it doesn't matter. Also, many more people of color versus Caucasian uh, got to be a scientific reason. Well, the virus is racist. Of course, um, Candy Mac is our respiratory therapist friend down in Florida. So all the best. And there's a lot of weird stuff going on down in Florida. I don't doubt that the reality of the virus has some uh, dire implications. As far as the political calculation of those uh, consequences it's getting weird down in Florida, but of course everything does get weird down in Florida. We'll get to that in a minute. Redicus says, when will BLM be considered rioters and not quote unquote protesters? Murder number, uh, murder number three, or will it be 26? At least the Democrats had control of the clan, <laughs> but Antifa is determined to burn everything down and rule over the dumpster fire. RGB isn't alive. I agree. Holy. Phil says, uh, the civil rights movement was just another attempt by the nation. The, the nation wreckers. We're getting spicy here. The nation wreckers to bludgeon white America into submission. Whites now see it as being magnanimous. Non-whites see it as a guilty plea. It also ended freedom of association. I agree. I, I definitely agree that you you should not and cannot constitutionally be compelled to provide your labor to another person for any reason, be it be it uh, racial or otherwise. So as the Civil Rights Act applies to private business, I'm 100% on board. And I wish that there were more people who would talk about that because we we it's always brought up like, oh, are you saying that uh, businesses should be allowed to discriminate? I'm saying that anybody 
has the right to associate with whomever they want or not for whatever reason they want. That is something that is very important and I, and I believe is a, is a constitutional right. So I, I'm with you on that one. That said, on the civil right, I'm going to be sympathetic with anybody who is simply wanting equal rights before the law. If you're arguing to be left alone and have equal rights before the law, you're going to have my support more than likely. Unfortunately, in a lot of contexts, whether it's the LGBT context or or sometimes in this Black Lives, Black Lives Matter context, you're now arguing for special treatment, special privileges, special benefits, rather than just to be left alone. That's where I think it's gone wrong. Uh, Crypto Crook says, a few days ago, I left California to leave the other state, uh, oh, to live to live in the other state, where... My vote may mean something. That's quite a big move. And you guys partially inspired me to do that. Thank you for that. Well, congratulations on the move. I know that it's not an easy decision to make. And there are good arguments to be made for abandoning ship versus staying and fighting for the home for your home. So all I would say is I just uh, I would say congratulations on making a decision. And I hope that you pursue that decision to the fullest. Don't look back. Don't think with regrets. Make your decision and, and go forward. And congrats on making it. The Sanguine Mind says Tim Poole mentioned he thought the kidnapping might have been just the police picking up an informant. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe that police, maybe that, um, maybe that snitch, maybe that's who he is. Maybe he's a snitch and he needed like a plausible look to supply his information while still having deniability with his mob friends. Totally. I mean, the scene is sort of odd. You would expect just because it doesn't say federal agents on the car or on their uniforms, you still I would still probably expect more resistance from clearly some sort of government or military force making the arrest. That said, as we saw with the guy who ninja body slammed the Antifa people uh, for opening his car door earlier in the week, even minimal threat of realistic force against these Antifa people tends to make them cower pretty quickly. So I could believe it as presented too. Let's check in with Super Chat. Actually, I got to reload here. Navigate Susan's new behind-the-scenes behind the scenes system. Greatly improved, of course, making it much more difficult to navigate. Where are we? Okay. Uh, unfashionable observation. Says, without a divine creator, the existence of objective morality is not possible. Sure, you can have behavioral standards based on human reason, but the idea of objective morality existing in a godless universe is pure fiction. I'm somewhat warming up to, to that concept. I do believe there is an objective morality that is based in and observable in nature. I'm not clear personally on who put it there or how that came to be, but on its existence, I am convinced. So it's not an unreasonable thing to suppose that somebody or some designer put it there. That's really at the crux of my intellectual journey on these topics. So I'm getting there, man. And uh, generally I, I uh, understand and mostly agree with where you're coming from, to be frank. Uh, Anderson Bush says, uh, shout out to my best buddy from the Marines, Blake. You'll always be boot to me. Cause I got out first pew pew Ute or yut uh, McDonough, McDonough, McDonough brothers for life. Well, thank you uh, for the shout out. And uh, thank you for serving the country as well. Very much appreciated. Disappear forever says, just want to apologize for promoting John Mark. Please don't uh, sign Kurt Doolittle. He's the dumbest. It's a dumb honeypot petition. They're both feds. I'm unaware. So uh, that one's beyond me. Thank you for supporting the show. Jacob says, uh, glioblastoma is now. (laughs) 
Come on. Your second favorite type of cancer. All right. This, this is the same way I felt when, when people were making like the based tumor versus the virgin John McCain memes two years ago. Ah, uh, I, I, I get the trolley spirit. I get it. In general, I'm not a fan of, of celebrating or rooting for death. But I, I, underst- I understand the trolley spirit of where you're coming from, for sure. I just, I'm not going to get on board with that. Maybe, maybe Blonde will, now that she's back. What do you think? Is, uh, is cheering for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's cancer too far? Are you, are you trying to lie? No. We have, uh, we have a super chatter saying that uh, what, it's, it's glioblastoma. That's the sort of... I think that's a brain tumor, isn't it? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I assumed it was, it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I, I was talking about the John McCain case as well. This chatter says it's now his second favorite type of cancer. I guess I'm not clear. Oh, McCain had glioblastoma. Oh, that's the connection. Okay. No, oh. we're allowed to, to wish her dead. This is ridiculous. I, I hate to be a wet blanket, but one of the things I hate about the left so much is that they don't seem to value life inherently. And valuing life inherently means, yes, valuing life even for those people that you despise. I have to stick by that principle. I but know all it's, lives don't really matter. Yes, they do. I, I, There's a sliding scale of like life and, and how much it matters. It, and as you get to the end of your life, you know, you have fewer years left. And so your life matters less. I just want her to leave the court and then be an old lady live her life the way an old lady should yeah i would want that too if she wasn't going to uh to go down with the ship like she will not she's forced us into this celebration yeah Yeah. i'd be like cool go (laughs) do whatever you do lay by the pool yeah ruth bader ginsburg that'd be fine but now she's like oh no i can continue to work and be super active on the supreme court until the day that i die no you can't bitch and now i have to wish for your death defensively susan uh, yeah. One more Polaris says a local politician keeps bringing up the Russian bounty story. She's never mentioned the Afghanistan papers. I'm beginning to think she doesn't actually care about our troops. I can't imagine such a thing. And uh, Boogeyman nine one seven says, "I doubt it." We will uh, we'll we'll uh, pause on super chat there and come back to it. Thanks for your patience, guys. I've marked it so we can come back to it easily later. Want to get into um, coronavirus oh. a little bit? Why? Did you hear Michelle Malkin was attacked by Black Lives Matter? Did this just happen, you guys? I've seen nothing on that. What's the story? I don't know. Live chat's telling me now. Okay. Tonight. I guess this just happened. Do we know where? Uh, do you guys know where? No misinformation in live chat, please. It's 100% factual. You can count on it. Take it to the bank. Oh, Andy Neo. Thank you, Martin. Um, let's see. Andy knows Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Malkin and others were attacked on stage by Antifa Black Lives Matter militants at a Back the Blue rally in Denver. A masked woman dressed in black block readies her collapsible baton. There's a, okay, there's a little bit of a video. I could show this if you want. Let's see what we got. Yikes. Um, Hold on, let me pull this up. Here's the video. A little bit. See what's going on down Denver way with uh, Michelle Malkin and company. Video is kind of freezing up for me. Get 
Yeah, I can't I can't really tell what's going on, but you can see a collapsible baton in the hand of one of these these people. Is the person screaming Michelle Malkin? I, it's hard for me to tell. I can't recognize her voice enough to say if that's her or not. Yikes. But yeah, again, the the claim from Andy No here is uh, masked Antifa people raiding a back the blue rally in Denver, Colorado, at which Michelle Malkin was present. So if we learn more, we'll we'll catch up on it. Good grief. That's America. It's like, okay, rich white leftists, please use your power to assault a tiny Filipino lady <laughs> who's married to a Jewish guy. Yeah. Go nuts. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the that's the world we live in, for better or worse. Um, let's uh, let's catch up on coronavirus. I, is, of course, it's another week, so it's, that means more of the same from uh, the coronavirus fear factory. Cases continue to increase; deaths remain basically flat. That's been the story for a couple weeks now. And of course, uh, you will wear a mask in all public indoor settings or you will face the wrath of a Karen near you. I'm constantly baiting the Karens around me, but none have bit yet. Florida, of course, has been the- not nobody. Nobody said anything. to you. No. Uh, yesterday, oh. I was telling you this story, but I had a great moment yesterday where we went grocery shopping and I've been trying out these different trolling methods on the masks. One is to wear ridiculous masks. So I have like a Kleenex tape to my face or I have like a mosquito netting hat or just ridiculous things like that. Those I haven't been questioned on those when I've tried them. My preferred method, though, is just to wear like a like a buff or like a neck gaiter type mask into the Mm. store to get past like the initial guard person. Yeah. And then as soon as I get in, just pull that off my face, just pull it down and just do my grocery shopping without a mask. I did that yesterday in a crowded store nobody said a damn thing and why would they they're just low-level employees they're not paid to confront people they're not paid well and that's not their job description and as for sorry montana governor you can't pass off your enforcement responsibility to the minimum wage high school grocery store worker he's not going to do it so but the moment i was telling you about i was walking around no mask on my face. Some people are kind of giving me a look or whatever, but mostly not. Mostly people aren't even paying any attention to me. I walk over to one aisle and there's a little boy with his whole family. And you can tell he's kind of um, like uncomfortable with his mask. And he looks at me and he kind of nudges his mom like, oh, he's not he's not wearing his mask. And later he just. He just pulls it down. He just pulls it down. and He mm-hmm. just stops. And that's kind of my goal. Nobody wants to be yeah. that guy. And by the way, I say this with full acknowledgement. If it's truly the property owner who wants me to wear the mask, I'll comply. That's your private property. I get it. In this case, the grocery store had no mask requirement until the governor told them to. And the sign on the door says to comply with regulatory requirements, a.k.a. the governor. So in those sorts of settings, I can just nobody wants to be that guy breaking the rule, even though we were all that guy two days ago. In that setting, if I can inspire one other person to break the rule all of a sudden you're going to see a whole bunch of them it's just nobody wants to be the first that's kind of been my approach so far yeah yeah. anyway uh, that's that's the mask stuff but we're not getting into that we're getting into florida the florida has been the hot spot uh florida has been the hot spot of course for cases we mentioned last week that florida is setting records for most cases identified in a state in a day Though that stat is somewhat misleading because it's I think it's naive to think that there weren't just as many cases and the the virus wasn't just as rampant in New York and other places in the Northeast prior 
We just didn't have the testing capacity to identify the cases back in March and April. Anyway, the big question on the tests is the percent positive rate on these tests. Are infections actually spreading more quickly or are we just finding them more because of greatly increased testing capacity? That Obviously is Obviously the latter. It could be some combination of both too. It's not it doesn't have I to suppose. be either or. But that is the mili- the million dollar question and the question that uh, on which a lot of public policy is based. So down Florida way, a local Fox station has been digging into the coronavirus data and discovered this week that many testing sites in the Orlando area have been reporting all of their tests as positive, as in 100% of tests are, give, are getting a positive result. So 100% positive figure reported to the state as far as the percent positives. That has major implications in raising that percent positive figure for Florida overall. And now that the station has investigated, a few places have acknowledged that those numbers were not, in fact, correct. Here's the reporting out <laughs> of uh, Florida. Yeah. Fox 35 <laughs> investigating the numbers tonight. There are dozens of labs that process tests. On the state's website, we found numerous labs that are only reporting positive test results. So they show a 100% positivity rate. Orlando Health confirming its numbers on the report are wrong. The Florida Department of Health releasing its daily coronavirus testing report, showing a statewide positivity rate of 11%. But Fox 35 quickly noticing some shocking positivity rates. Countless labs reporting 100% positivity. Like this Centricare. 83 people tested and all positive. Check out the Orlando VA, a positivity rate of 76%. NCF Diagnostics has a location in Alachua, 88% of tests coming back positive, and 98% for Orlando Health. We investigated these astronomical numbers, contacting every location mentioned. Orlando Health, the only to respond, confirming errors in the report. Its positivity rate is, in fact, only 9.4%. We just heard back from the Orlando VA. They are looking into the numbers. We haven't heard back from the other two labs or the Florida Health uh, Department of Health. Of course, it makes you wonder if these numbers are wrong. Are other numbers on the report also wrong? Short answer, yes. (laughs) So we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, just inflating that percent positive gives you the false idea in Florida specifically that the infections are spreading faster than they actually are because you've omitted a whole host of negative tests. And it's not just Florida. We have, again, this is sort of anecdotal evidence, but this is the way we looked at deaths too. You start to piece together all of these pieces of information. They form a pattern and you start to wonder. So... We were wondering, we, we heard um, prior anecdotes out of Texas that said, hey, my family members went to go get tested at a Texas testing site. They filled out the form with their general information, but it took so long that they just got frustrated and went Gave home. Up. And then... And then they, were, yeah. they still received a letter later that said you were positive, even though they never got tested, because they were presumed positive based on the information they provided. You hung out mm-hmm. with somebody who has it or something like that. Don't they give a list of symptoms in these situations too? Sure, yeah. The, and, uh, it is allergy season. Yeah, it's been hitting me hard. I don't know if I have coronavirus or not. The state of Texas, it's reported this week, had to remove 3,500 cases from its coronavirus positive case count because the San Antonio Health Department was reporting, quote unquote, probable cases 
for people never actually tested. Those were reported as confirmed positive cases later removed. And this is the same thing they've done with deaths where you'll have some governor come out. Remember saying, Oh, this baby died of coronavirus when in fact the baby had like a digestive defect that mm-hmm. was fatal. And then they, the week or two later they say, Oh, it turns out that wasn't coronavirus. Yeah. But you, you generated all the headlines. You got the data in that initial count that gets the headlines and then you redact it later or retract it later. And it, and it doesn't matter because nobody sees that retraction. You also have stories out of, uh, well, th- this is just a claim generally about health officials from uh, dozens of states that have mistakenly lumped results from antibody tests for coronavirus in reporting to the CDC with, so what they're doing is they're taking antibody tests, as in you have antibodies for prior coronavirus infection from which you've recovered, lumping those positives in with viral tests, as in you are actively infected with the virus currently. And that causes inflation for two reasons. First of all, as uh, this tweet mentions, the antibody test can give you a positive if you were previously infected with the Corona family of viruses, which can include the common cold. The common cold, right. So you have that issue. And the other issue is that's not, these antibody tests are not testing for current and or new infection that reveals an infection that happened prior that is now over. So you're backloading, you're taking infections that could be from weeks or months ago and you're reporting them now today as though they're happening right now when they're not. That is also claimed. And then, um, uh, so, so we have all, all sorts of skepticism about, uh, about cases going on. And of course, in the spring, we were chronicling the questionable deaths getting lumped in to the Corona count, people falling down, people dying of heart attacks, the babies that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Perhaps none was more silly, though, than a claimed coronavirus death this week uncovered by that same local Fox station. A 20 year old man in Florida died in a motorcycle crash and he was counted as a coronavirus death. The only reason this was uncovered is because this local news station inquired Hey, this, this 20 year old died from coronavirus. Can you tell us more about him? Did he have some serious underlying health condition? How is it that a young, a person that young died? Oh, he died because, um, because he crashed his motorcycle. That's what happened. Fox 35 questioning the coronavirus numbers and uncovering a shocking revelation. A man dies in a motorcycle crash, but his death listed as a coronavirus death. The way we found out is I was asking the county health officer about two coronavirus deaths involving people in their 20s and whether they had any underlying conditions. Then one of his answers surprised us. The first one didn't have any. Uh, He died um, in a... um, motorcycle accident. Orange County Health Officer Dr. Raul Pino telling us one person reported to have died from COVID was killed in a motorcycle accident. So was it removed from the data? I don't think so. I have to double check. We were arguing. We were discussing and trying to argue with the state. Not because of the numbers. I mean, it's a hundred It's not make any difference if it's 99. But you can actually argue that it could have been the COVID-19 that caused him to crash. So I I don't know that the conclusion of that one. We looked into it and there are still two people in their 20s on Orange County's data list for COVID deaths. It could have been the COVID that caused him to crash. 
He hacked up along and swerved into the oncoming lane. What the hell does that mean? It's so absurd. This should call into question um, all deaths of young people. Like I read on Daily Mail today that in Texas, they're saying 85 young children and infants have died from COVID. Like I'm calling bullshit in the uk or what what in in texas that was the no way the uk reporting yeah Yeah, i was like there's absolutely no way this is true um i don't know how they're cooking the books over there but uh they definitely are well this and this is what's hilarious about this inquiry now the doctor will say well it's one case what difference does it make if it's 99 or, or 100 well it reveals a flaw in your methodology that calls into question the other 99 does it not yeah exactly and after the story aired, they have all this uncertainty. Oh, I don't think it was removed from the data. I don't know. We kind of talked about it, but whatever. Well, after the story aired, a spokesman for that for that doctor, Dr. Pino's office, says the motorcycle death was reviewed and funny, has been taken out of the coronavirus death data. Well, imagine that. A Florida Department of Health spokesman says the case was reviewed and removed from their data, but he didn't know exactly when. Yes, I'm sure you did it. Days or weeks ago. It had nothing to do with this investigation, nothing to do with this story. Is there any doubt? That this story is what caused that removal. And the question is, if you scrutinized every case to the degree that you scrutinized this one, what else would you find? What else would you find? Uh, I'm and, sure and what if you did that? Tons of stuff. Not just in Florida, across the country. Across the country. So uh, we were ta- one of the super chatters was talking about uh, data, uh, different pieces of data analysis and whether pneumonia deaths will be, will be significantly different in 2020. Um, that's really what we're getting at. That's the other million dollar question. Are we counting deaths that are uniquely coronavirus caused as in would not have happened except for coronavirus? Or are we counting deaths that we would expect to have happen anyway? And the only way we're going to answer that, I've been thinking about this question and I know you and I have talked about it. We get to the end of 2020, look at the total deaths per capita in the country. And how does it compare? If in general, we had a similar deaths per capita number for the year of any other year in our history, you can take that as a pretty good indicator that deaths that would be expected to happen anyway were simply reclassified, except and unless we might have a reduction in things like traffic deaths or other things that this nonsense might have caused. Like, what if we, I know you had presented me with this idea earlier. What if 2020 comes out as significantly less deadly? per capita because of all the lockdown stuff. Yeah. Which doesn't just reduce uh, traffic fatalities, although I'm sure that that is going to be um, the largest single reduction in terms of categories, but it's going to reduce uh, flu because people are going, are just going to reduce their exposures to other people Hmm. in the winter. And so I bet flu is going to be lower and that's going to, that's going to make the data difficult to read because remember we were talking about how a reduction in flu probably means that they're uh, miscounting COVID deaths that would otherwise be flu, but that might not be true. Yeah. We'll see the end of year data analysis is going to be very interesting. I look forward to some of that stuff that's going to come out and I look forward to figuring out what I can myself. And then the increase in suicides and drug abuse Another related factor. deaths. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, The fact of the matter here, though, is that the experts are consistently wrong. And I don't say that with unique scorn for the experts. It's just that nobody's an expert in the future. I had a listener say it to me that way this week, and I I think that's a nice way to say it. Nobody's an expert in the future. Some of us have more information on which to make judgments and or guess about the future, but nobody has that crystal ball. So we have to stop giving 
a science and the experts, the crystal ball benefit because they don't have that. So I don't say this with a unique scorn towards Dr. Fauci. I just say this as the reality that, listen, even if you're doing your best, you, you can't possibly get everything correct all of the time. And that's why the White House reportedly internally has been circulating a list of items that Dr. Fauci has been wrong about throughout this entire episode. Things like the fact that he downplayed the virus spreading from person to person back in January and February. Things like he said masks were totally unnecessary or even harmful back early on. Now he says that you should wear masks. Uh, that's fine. Okay. I get it. You're, you're doing the best you can. You work with the information you have. You can, but that's the point. Don't trust people automatically because anybody's capable of being wrong. And um, I don't mean to derail you, but the real problem here isn't the expert knowledge that's being spewed at us. It's that people have suspended their ability uh, to like understand what makes sense in the context of COVID and transmission. People are like, well, I can go to the grocery store and that's fine, but I can't go to, I can't go anywhere else. Yeah. Like, I, the one safe and, space. And they're not using their their brains about this. And then the the mask wearing people will be like, well, I see people in hospitals wearing masks, but they only really seem to work in acute settings. So I'm just seeing a lot of people that are like, huh, I can't seem to think for myself. So I'm going to rely on all of these um, and all these expert opinions, which are there's, often conflicting. There's kind of some comfort in that, but that's a comfort we should resist. Always yeah. think for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with valuing expert opinion highly but experts are people too and i love the mm. way that media cover for dr fauci it was reported on the, the today show was reporting on this dr fauci list of things dr fauci was wrong about and the way they phrased the cover for him i thought was very interesting they said that dr fauci wasn't wrong because the information he was saying was quote considerate considered accurate at the time Listen to this. Meantime, the White House is taking aim at the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci. In a statement over the weekend, an administration official told NBC News that several White House officials are concerned about the number of times Dr. Fauci has been wrong on things. This official also provided a lengthy length of, uh, of examples. They failed to note that Fauci's views were considered accurate at the time, but that the science had evolved. And of course, this whole effort comes as Fauci has been openly critical of shortcomings in the country's coronavirus response okay another way of phrasing that's, that that's so retarded. the science um, tm from the experts tm yeah. that's capable of being wrong at any time that's another way of phrasing that the science can be wrong how did that scientific knowledge get corrected or refined was it by questioning the science from the experts is that how that was achieved yeah. It's like, I don't have to rip Fauci personally. It's That's the nature of the scientific method, man. Question and evaluate. It's bullshit anyway, because we haven't had any uh, new transcendent knowledge of urology and mask use because of COVID. We yeah. already had amassed all of this data. There's no way they found out anything new about masks. That's not really evolving science. Yeah. And I would, I would caution too, um, because I, I get a lot one common point that people keep making to me on the mask stuff is, Oh, just, just wear the mask. It's going to get us back to normalcy sooner. We're going to be able to open up the economy more quickly. Just wear the mask. It's a temporary thing to get used to. It's a minor inconvenience, but overall the benefits are so great. 
As though the trade-off of the mask is that the authorities, the powers that be, are going to restore our freedoms as soon as possible. As though yeah, that is their goal. It's, it's a magic wand. Live chat, I said virology. Virology, not urology. <laughs> I know what a urologist is. You guys think you're so clever. Uh, Maybe I did say urology. I don't know. Exhi- a few exhibits that this is about control. It's not about getting the virus under control and then returning to freedom wonderland it's about controlling you indefinitely nancy uh not nancy Pelosi. diane feinstein is now saying that she wants congress to withhold any federal funding from the next round of federal coronavirus benefits apparently we're going to do this again because trillions of dollars was not enough we're going to do this again and any state that doesn't have a mask mandate will not be eligible for coronavirus relief from the federal government. So the feds steal your money. And if you don't do as they say, they won't give any of it back. back, Okay. Also Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts, the, the health officials there are reportedly working on a plan to make mask rules permanent, citing fears of a coronavirus second wave. And you can see no matter what happens here, more control is the answer. So if cases are going up, well, we need to wear masks to get the virus under control. If you're like Massachusetts and cases are in fact going down, well, that's because we've been wearing masks. So we need to make masks indefinitely mandatory. There's a doctor quoted in here in this piece. This is uh, Dr. Jerome Lee at the Massachusetts General Hospital. We're one of the few states where coronavirus numbers are going down. And that's due in large part to our social distancing and mask requirements. So make them permanent. That's that's the thinking. Even when the even when it improves, the the grasp of power constricts. I don't know how you could establish causation from that anyway. That's such bullshit. You look at Sweden and other models where people basically did nothing differently. Um, You're not seeing this this crazy second wave. You're not you're not seeing an increase in deaths. Uh, So how could they possibly say that there is some causative role there? I knew they were going to pull this crap. They I, want this to to be the new normal, to, for it to be this way forever. I have no faith that the powers that be want, th- that they share the goal of restoring liberty and basic freedom. I have no faith in that whatsoever. And so I understand that me putting a stupid mask on my face when I go to the grocery store is objectively a minor inconvenience in my life. It's about the principle of the matter. The more control over our lives we give them, the more they seize. Every single step. I guarantee that there will be a new piece of bullshit beyond the masks come August or September. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's going to be a third wave. It's going to be not sending kids back to school. It's, um, you know, we've given them so much power that, that I'm not really sure that we have the right to try to take it back at this point. We were so yeah. stupid. about and, it. And, and I don't make deals for my fundamental rights either. Okay. Yeah. I'll go along with your stupid. No, they are my fundamental rights. And I don't even, I shouldn't even phrase it that way because people accuse people of my perspective or me of being selfish. Listen, it's not about my rights uniquely. It's about everyone's rights to live according to the way that they want to live, to make judgments for themselves, to evaluate information for themselves, not to be ruled by these insane rulers who only rule us because we allow them to. Exactly. That's why. And likewise, I'm not willing to negotiate financially for money that is mine that's being deliberately devalued by <laughs> yeah. a reckless federal government. Yeah. I'm not willing to do that either. Like this is this is my money hmm. that is worth less because you people are acting so irresponsibly with it. Yeah. And they're going to inflate it more. They're going to inflate it more and then deny you the 
deny you the payout of the yeah. inflated money. But who cares if it's worthless, I guess, then it doesn't really matter. Then it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. But I worked hard for that money at the time. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The future is looking great. Uh, okay. We're running out of time, so I'll, I'll move as quickly as possible. We have a few more items. Um, we talked about Bill de Blasio painting that Black Lives Matter mural, as it's characterized, just Black Lives Matter text outside, in the street outside of uh, uh, Trump Tower last week. Well, on Saturday, activist and At The Well Ministries founder Bevelyn Beattie poured black paint all over this de Blasio sanctioned mural. And she, she she basically just drove up to it with cans of paint and started smearing the paint around by hand all over the yellow letters. And hecklers were hounding her and police intervened. And throughout, she's accusing Black Lives Matter of being a domestic terror organization and saying they don't care about black lives. And she's condemning 600,000 aborted black uh, babies a year. She was wearing a shirt that says, uh, Jesus Matters. This is uh, the scene out of New York. Now watch this. The the cop on the right hand side of the frame is trying to cuff her, and it looks like she pulls her arm. And it, the cop just absolutely slips and falls, and apparently <laughs> injures his shoulder. Watch this. Oh. And he's like writhing in pain. You can see this in other angles. good for her and then she talks about how this is demonic and everything like that um and she's not the only woman that's there there's another woman yeah uh, that was on the sidelines that was helping her but good for her this is you know this is american hero shit and i'm so happy that we can weaponize like the crazy black woman theory that i have (laughs) (laughs) for our cause you know i'm like i'm so glad this lady's on our side with this one gotta fight fire with fire you know what i'm saying for real but when i watched that it the first time like it it actually made me emotional because i was like you know this is a christian woman yeah it goes on for like 10 minutes yeah yeah at great personal expenses doing the right thing and something else that i did notice is that those cops were not trying that hard to arrest her they let her go for a long time and that's why i can't understand what happened with this handcuffing cop because if i really wanted to be critical i'd say oh she resisted arrest or even pulled him down and that should be some kind of assault or something According to witnesses, it's even quoted in this story, and you watch different angles of what of what happened. Like, yeah, it here's uh one witness says it seemed like he just slipped on the wet paint, and you watch, and that looks what like it's what happened. And other angles show you can see an image here. He's just like writhing in pain from falling over. So I don't know what happened to that cop. I feel like the Benny Hill music should have been playing when they were trying to arrest her, but they weren't yeah. trying very yeah. hard. The whole thing was a comedy of errors. But again, notice the headline here. Mural on Fifth Avenue vandalized. Uh, it was, if Bill de Blasio sanctions painting messages in the street, then they're murals. If a citizen decides to remove or paint a different message in the street, that's vandalism. Another headline here, as we've mentioned before, would be vandalism in the street fixed or vandalism vandalized. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, the woman, Bevelyn Beatty, uh, and her her... 
her group, uh, one other member of her group, they were both arrested and charged with criminal mischief. They were given desk appearance tickets and released. So not a serious charge for them. Once again, the most adorable of all criminal charges is criminal mischief. Criminal mischief. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cute. San Francisco yeah, second to tomfoolery. Right? Is that a real criminal charge? Can you get charged with tomfoolery? No. I would, I would like to, <laughs> I'd like that on amazing. my record. Yeah. <laughs> Shenanigans. Yeah. Hooliganry. Is that a word? Yeah. I don't know. San Francisco police, meanwhile, the San Francisco police commission voted Wednesday night to require all stations to display a Black Lives Matter poster, despite opposition from the police union. The poster must be at least 32 by 24 inches installed within 30 days and must prominently and exclusively feature the phrase Black Lives Matter in a place visible to all station visitors. I'm sure this will quell the crowd the next time the police have to use force against a black criminal for sure. They'll say, look, the posters, everything's fine. Keep in mind, it's not just the poop and the needles in the street that are higher concerns for the San Francisco Police Department and the citizens of San Francisco. According to the uh, police union president quoted in the story here, uh, homicides are up 31 percent in June in San Francisco compared to June 2019. And car break ins are just rampant. That's what he says. They're just rampant in the city, according to the police union president we're running out of time but i did want to mention what's going on with these uh the treasury department and the national museum of african-american history what's the deal with the treasury department oh it's so crazy so these training materials were sent by a whistleblower to um the director of the center of wealth and poverty which is christopher rufo so he's been talking about it on twitter uh the training called difficult conversations about race aimed at white employees at the treasury department the FDIC, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and National Credit Union Administration. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so the trainers at this training program, they insist white employees must struggle to own their racism and accept their unconscious bias, white privilege, and white fragility. <laughs> Next, they recommend that white managers create safe spaces for listening sessions where black employees can explain what it means to be black and be seen in their pain. White employees must not fill the silence with their own thoughts and feelings. The training also stereotypes white people by claiming they hold fairly consistent narratives about race. Those narratives such as we've made so much progress from the sixties. I don't think anybody's saying that and suggesting people talk about how much on the black lives matter team on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Uh, the training insists are racist and don't support the dismantling of racist institutions. So not just about how much you're flogging yourself. It's about how proactive you are in dismantling institutions that white people build. Yeah. Um, the training was developed and is being taught by a white man who has made millions of dollars selling his training to the federal government. Of Isn't course. this like a perfect microcosm of Black Lives Matter, though? It's like all of these these rich leftists are like, ooh, like how can I pull one over on these idiot black people and then make a bunch of money off of other? Yeah, people like Robin DiAngelo's doing that too. The yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. If it wasn't so unethical, I would kind of be amazed at, <laughs> at how great this is. High quality uh, capitalism. I wish you weren't extorting me and/or the public dime to achieve it, though. That's my right, main dispute. Right, right. Yeah. But once again, they're they're making black people feel like they have a voice and like they're reaching some kind of racial equality and like they're speaking for their people or whatever, while simultaneously using them as pawns. And 
it's it's just I'm, I'm watching this from afar with like such clarity about what's going on. And I and I just feel bad for the black people involved. Like I pity them because they seem to be totally unaware that they're being used by white people to make money. It seems so. Yeah, it seems that way. And th- this also happened at the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. This I don't know if this was a money making endeavor, but the similar theme from a government uh, agency over at um, the Washington Examiner, Byron York published uh, this uh, explainer from the museum's website. This is a graphic piece that uh, explains the supposed aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the U.S., widely ridiculed this week. I'm sure you all heard about it, so I'll be brief. But according to the explainer, a lot of objectively good things like self-reliance, the nuclear family, uh, the scientific method, the Protestant work ethic, politeness, property rights. These are all uh, signs of whiteness of which we should be conscious. Now, the obvious and hilarious implication is that black people or other minorities, I guess, prefer what? Laziness, rudeness, injustice, uh, irrational forms of analysis, broken families. Point is, when you're so anti-racist that you really become, at least implicitly, since they love that word, uh, racist. And this museum, yeah. uh, of course, is part of the Smithsonian. They've now apologized and removed that online chart. Uh, so you can't even, it's not even on their website anymore that you can find it on Twitter and elsewhere. And of course the headline of the coverage here reads, uh, they've, they've removed the graphic quote after criticism from Donald Trump jr. And the conservative media, it's always conservatives pounds. That's the real headline. It's not dipshit museum publishes accidentally racist nonsense. It's Donald Trump Jr. and conservative media criticized it. That's the headline we're going with. Well, it's that time of the week if you're ready. I am. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. I don't have much to say for this one other than just my appreciation that instead of backwards swastikas, somebody went through the effort of actually drawing cartoon Hitler with a speech bubble and a swastika in his speech bubble. That's new. That's new. That's new and creative. This is New All Minnesota. Uh, and New Ulm, Minnesota has been the site of a pro-Black Lives Matter graffiti site, a public art site, and that's fine, until someone started trolling with the wrong kinds of graffiti like cartoon Hitler. And so now that's that's a hate crime and we have to worry about this. Neighbors in New Alm are saying, not in our town, after part of a popular bike path in the city was tagged with hateful and racist graffiti. And I noticed a, a spray-painted picture uh, of was Hitler using a swastika for his body and then <laughs> like a word bubble coming out that had a swastika in it as well. Emmy Turner was just out for a walk Wednesday night, passing by the Artwall Park, a graffiti-friendly feature along a popular bike path when she saw the hate. There were swastikas inside the tunnel, the N-word repeatedly. There were things about Jewish people painted in there. The city painted over the racial slurs and hateful images in the tunnel Thursday, but not at the art wall. That was done by community <laughs> members. We painted just positive art. We covered up all the negative stuff, painted uh, all these positive messages. Woof. But that positivity didn't last. By today, it's all back to being hateful and ugly. The hateful graffiti reappeared. Well, I mean, even the loving graffiti is loving and ugly. So you have an ugly yeah. problem, whether it's hateful or not. But I digress. 
disappeared by Friday morning. New Ulm needs to take a stand. We, we can't keep sweeping this under the rug. New Ulm and every other small town across America needs to stand up and say this is not okay. Why? I mean, what's most preposterous about this is that this tranny can act like this wall filled with pointless graffiti is somehow like community art. And that first still, it was just a giant dick next to whatever was blurred out. I don't <laughs> Let even me know. see if I can find it. Was it at the start of the story? The very start of the story. Like, is the, yeah, is look, that? Look, well, there's, a dick. there's definitely some balls on the right hand side. Yeah. I'm a thousand percent sure that's a dick. Yeah, it's, one would assume. Um, this isn't community art. This is where everybody goes to like get drunk and vent their stupid garbage with a with a spray paint can. Obviously, it's going to be ninety five percent Black Lives Matter stuff, and then five percent miscellaneous Hitler related Zoomer tags. Right? Uh, you can't uh, create a graffiti friendly site and then whine and bitch about the types of graffiti. I think that's really yeah. like, what do you expect? What? And do then you Hitler expect? art was uh, pretty adorable. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Mustache might be a little wide, but uh, if you didn't hear in the story, too, I'm bummed they blurred it. I should have looked it up, but his body was a swastika. I want to see what the (laughs) the swastika body looks like. That's creative. And he's angry. He's got angry brows. Anyway, moving on. The uh, let me find this. It's uh, Durham, North Carolina. A home for sale that is valued at about nine hundred thousand dollars in Durham, a very nice home was allegedly tagged with pro-KKK graffiti on the garage door. And additional graffiti, I guess, happened inside the home. That is the claim. Here's the story. Well, the garage doors are now up, and I've been talking to neighbors who are calling what was tagged on them appalling and disgusting. We blurred the video, but it shows the N-word tagged on a garage door. Another door saying KKK. It's very, very disturbing. I don't understand where the hatred is coming from and why. Our photographer getting footage through a window showing graffiti on a wall inside, apparently saying, keep America white. Durham police gathering evidence at this home in Durham's affluent Treyburn community. There's a realty sign here. Zillow shows the more than 10,000 square foot home is listed for $899,000 and has a pending offer. Esther Jones has been living in Treyburn for 20 years. Jones says one reason she and her husband decided to buy in the community is because they like the diversity. It was a wonderful area with we're going a, with this narrative again. Racial group. It wasn't just it's all type of people live here. Durham police investigating for hours to find out who's responsible for the vandalism. So let me get this straight. You can afford a she doesn't live in that house, but by proxy, a roughly million dollar home in that neighborhood. Generally speaking, let's assume at least half a million dollars low end. You can afford that sort of home and your priority is what is the diversity? What What's the diversity state of the neighborhood? Right. I doubt it. Highly you can spend unlikely. a lot less and get a more diverse community. That's true. Let me tell you what. <laughs> That's, Detroit homes were selling mm-hmm. for like 10 grand not too long ago. They'll pay you to move into some maybe. Detroit homes. If we get banned by Susan, there? maybe that's my fallback. Have the yeah, city of Detroit pay me to live there. <laughs> You truly, though, you can buy a city block for five thousand dollars. Maybe, maybe that's a good spot for the compound. Now, my, <laughs> now, my one question is: How did the graffiti get inside the house? You can see uh, the N-word lovers graffiti, but and then there's some stuff on the garage doors. I don't know. I guess there's not a picture in the story, but inside the house, it said "Keep America White." Was the graffiti? How did that happen? Because there's no mention in the story, either in the text or in the video, of forced entry, signs of forced entry. So who got in there and right. how? 
I have the only theory I can think of here is that maybe the people who made the offer on the house did the graffiti to as a bargaining mechanism. Oh, this place is racist. You got to knock like 20 grand off of it. This would not be our first racially motivated real estate. It's true. Hate wasn't the real estate one that we, that we learned about last time actually real hate. though. It was, yeah, it was like a weird crazy lady in the neighborhood who actually had like mental illness. Ah, but I don't know. I thought it was the realtor though. I could see cheap, uh, easy graffiti as a bargaining mechanism to buy the house. Yeah, maybe. Another letter for you. This one a little bit briefer, uh, more brief than last week. Dr. Aaron Tracy Bradley tells local news that she received a letter this week chastising her, an anonymous letter, of course, for her lawn signs supporting Black Lives Matter. The letter reads, you want to split duty on this again? Sure. Okay, dear Aaron, this is the doctor. Dear Aaron, let me pull up the letter here. Kind of hard to read. Low res photo, At, but dear. As a long, oh, sorry, go ahead. As a, as a longtime resident of Stoneham, this is Stoneham, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. I would like to let you know that I and we consider you a piece of shit, low class white N word lover. <laughs> your Black Lives lawn signs do nothing but lower the value of your neighbor's property. So instead of worrying about the black community in other towns, Maybe you should be concerned with your neighbor's lives instead of embarrassing yourself and family in front of a good community. If you are interested in dragging down our community to the level of a, of a black community, we ask that you please quietly leave. We're looking forward to seeing you around the community. Smiley face. You know, I know I, I'm pretty sure a white person knows this. Well, you can bet on that because I looked up the demographics of Stoneham, Massachusetts, 95% white and a uh, median income well above state average in Massachusetts is generally doing pretty well regardless. So it's weird to me that a woman so concerned with the with saving black lives would have voluntarily chosen to live in an almost exclusively non-black neighborhood. Right. That's a very odd choice. But you know sure. how I know? employing consistently employing the correct use of the apostrophe <laughs> she knows I her think grammar that that's a good indication yeah this i think the grammar in this is is pretty much perfect the emoji Except implies there female. should be a comma between class and white and word lover <laughs> and probably a, a hyphen in there a somewhere hyphen, yeah. yeah uh anyway um i i will say I, it's highly likely she did this herself of course but if she did at least she had the foresight not to try to fake male handwriting as we've, as we've seen in the past. She just typed it up. The, the emoji to me heavily implies female. I, yeah. uh, that, I, and if it's a female, I think she probably herself. She's got the names of all the, her, her, her lawn sign says, has all these names you can't even read if you're driving by. It's like a hundred of them, but you're supposed to say their names. You can't even read them. Okay. Uh, we had a super chatter mention this. I'll be brief, but this is hilarious. Uh, I, I've heard this accusation before hilarious every time though. So we'll revisit it. 50 plus people of course were shot in Chicago again this weekend, a normal weekend in Chicago, but according to activist and motivational speaker, Riza Islam, that's because white nationalists are purchasing full silicone body suits to go out on the weekend and kill black people and frame black people for doing it. So two birds, one stone, the white supremacists by full black body suits and poses black people to kill the black people. So you both take out the black people and frame black people for doing it. It's a genius scheme. 
And it, 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 this may be the first time you're hearing of it, but I know it's not the first time we've discussed on this show because the last accusation was about these masks. This is back from 2018, the same sort of claim. Ironically, the poster is wearing a coronavirus mask these days. Good for her. She was claiming at the time, and other people were, that white criminals were wearing these masks of black people to go to Chicago and murder black and Hispanic men and frame them for it. So this this claim has been alive on Twitter for several years, at least. The masks, she says, are sold for up to $500. She has a strong suspicion that these murders in Chicago and other places are being committed by white police officers. So it's actually uh-huh. the, it's the yeah. cops. Definitely. <laughs> okay uh and then in closing tonight i just have a couple pieces of cringe for you normally i like to surprise as i mentioned but this week the cringe is just a little more complicated so i have to explain beforehand um but uh burger king has released uh an ad an advertisement about what they're doing to reduce uh methane emissions otherwise known as cow farts they put out a a song children singing a song about reducing cow farts. This is Burger King taking care of what matters most. When cows fart and burp and splatter, well, it ain't no laughing matter. They're releasing methane every time they do. And that methane from the rear goes up to the atmosphere and pollutes our planet warming me and you. So to change their emissions, Burger King went on a mission Testing diets that would help reduce their farts That's a start! And my now there ain't a question that it's helping cow's digestion Hatting, lambing grass so they can play their part Cow ain't farting. Must be me. Since we're part of the problem, we're working to be part of the solution. The graphic reads. Read more at burgerking.com slash sustainability. This is child abuse. So Burger King claims that adding lemongrass to cow diets could ease digestion and dramatically reduce methane emitting cow farts. That's their plan here. Uh, one of the top responses on Twitter, I don't have it in front of me, but, um, oh, anyway, well, anyway, the, the, uh, no, never mind. I got confused there. My mistake. Um, the, the tweet reads, um, that, that it's kind of ironic that, uh, that the most pristine parts of the country are these cattle producing parts of the country. Meanwhile, the urban centers are actually the ones filled with the actual pollution that you, that you have to deal with. That's very odd, but ironically, this uh, this ad pissed off the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, too, who, of course, needs to have a good relationship with Burger King and the rest of the people who make that beef into uh, food for people. The lobby group for the industry, uh, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, says uh, the ad is just trying to score easy points with consumers by launching a misleading public relations campaign. Uh, I would say just generally speaking, if you eat Burger King for the environmental benefits, you've been caught. You've been duped. <laughs> Who does? Yeah. Who even thinks about it when they're eating Burger King? If you're eating Burger King, you're having a sad day. I tapped out with uh, chick fries. Remember when they did that ad that where they were yeah. selling chick fries with the pink tax for more money than they were to guys to illustrate? It's not even their political orientation. They they have subpar 
fast food. I Their agree. onion rings aren't even real onions. They're just like chopped up onions in the form of an onion oh, and what? then deep fried. I uh, I generally would agree. Even politics aside, I would have always ranked Burger King pretty low, low. on the hierarchy. It's like Arby's low. Oh, don't knock Arby's. Arby's is high. Arby's, Arby's Jamoka shakes, curly fries. They got uh, they got fantastic tendies. Their chicken tendies are second to none. Whatever. The roast beef Everybody sandwiches knows are Chick Fil A right. is king until they had to polish that black guy's boots. <laughs> I I liked Chick Fil A when I had it. We just don't have it here. I would definitely yeah. go to Chick-fil-A if we had it, or at least uh, would have, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's that's Burger King's that's Burger King's ad. And then the other piece I have is um, it was big news in the video game world this week. There was a trailer for an upcoming full motion video game. In other words, like more or less an interactive movie. You kind of watch a movie and you make decisions that influences the path of what you're viewing. As far as I understand, this was called Gamer Girl. And it dis- uh, it debuted this week on the developer's YouTube channel, and it was also shared on the official PlayStation Twitter account. Both of the accounts have removed the trailer after fierce backlash. So the premise of the game is that you, uh, the player, are the moderator for an up-and-coming live streamer named AbbyCake99, as you can see on your screen. The goal for the game is to guide Abby's choices... As she navigates through a troubling scenario, the plot revolves around an anonymous chat member who becomes a stalker. Here's the Gamer Girl trailer. Hey, everybody. Okay, cool. Water time, break time. All that uh, junk has been taken out my stream. Moderator, what do I do? Like, do I answer it? Abby, you're streaming again? What's it to you? I'm just gonna make sure he's okay. or something like that. What? Yeah. Coming I up. don't even understand this. So the premise is that this chick is a gamer girl streamer. Okay. She's got a big audience. You are the moderator for her chat and you're trying to advise her on how to handle her fame and the people who stalk her. There's a like someone else in the chat, an anonymous user becomes obsessed with her and stalks her, and you're trying to advise her how to handle this. And of course, everyone hates this. So people who are of more of an anti-feminist perspective, the number one name for this game I saw on Twitter was the Simulator, because <laughs> you are in that scenario in real life, you are almost simulating a relationship with this woman, but you're simulating yeah. the simulation of a relationship with this woman to white knight for her and protect her. So the, the anti-feminist type crowd hates this and it got ripped, but it also gets ripped from the actual feminist, actual gamer girl. People one uh, quoted in this story here tweets. If you support the gamer girl game, you are turning a blind eye to actual female streamers experiencing actual harassment from actual people. This is not a game. 
these are our lives and real experiences as though every video game experience one could have you also support in real life. I didn't know that I've murdered tens of thousands of people per my Call of Duty statistics. Uh, Exactly, right. (laughs) So I think I understand. When I initially read this, I was like, is this like a choose your own adventure type of Yes, as far as I understand. Oh, it is. As far as I understand, I don't play these types of games, although I am interested in playing this one now. But did you ever see the interactive episode of Black Mirror? Did you? Yeah. Oh, ch- it's a full motion video game. I, I was thinking this was a movie for some kind of. Some it's sort of like a hybrid between the two. Like you sort of choose the direction, but it's it's real action. Like it's real film. It's a real actress portraying this person. This is so weird. It's a. I don't really play that style of game, but. I'm kind of interested because I have an appetite for this sort of cringe. Uh, The game was scheduled to be released in September. According to the trailer, it does look like exactly the sort of garbage cringe I would play. I hope I get to play it. But according to this reporting, it's kind of unclear if it's actually going to come out in September now or not. Because they got ripped too hard. What was the Black Mirror one? It was like Bendy Snatch or something. Oh, Bandersnatch. That was the name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like that as much as I thought I would. I thought it was going to be I didn't, cool. and I liked Black Mirror. But. Yeah, I was not a big fan of that. But the concept, I guess, is cool. Anyway, Gamer Girl, we'll see if it comes out. That's all I got for a show. Let me see if I hear it. Lay baby. I can... Uh, I don't hear anything. Okay, let's... Uh, I left off at Boogeyman917 on Super Chat. So John Martin's up next. He says, let's wrap this up. I need to get back to the Michelle Malkin podcast with Charlie K. I don't know how to say what? that. What? Who's Charlie K? K A E Kai K. Oh, I thought I thought he meant Charlie Kirk. I was like, I would love to see that. Wow, just wow! Conservative women are so hot. As viewers of this show know well, <laughs> I don't I don't know the podcast episode, but I hope Michelle Malkin's doing all right after the apparent attack today. Zoo. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, Black magic. Um, most child abuse occurs in a home without a biological father. The only way to lower the number of these homes is to stop funding them. So what is it, Skag? Your scando principles are stopping child rape and abuse. Hashtag repeal the 19th for kids. That's interesting. Um, that's true. And the welfare state does support a lot of father absence. Oh, I agree 100%. I don't know that I agree that you have to um, repeal the 19th to achieve that, but I can't deny that it'd probably help. That's just practical reality. You hear that, guys? We're getting them. <sighs> You're chipping away. Um, I bought PN says, give me that sweet, sweet sanity safe space. Thank you. We try to deliver. Very um, kind Andrew of Kirkbride. you as well. Thank I am you. not going to be niggardly. <laughs> uh, Andrew Kirkbride, my state of Louisiana is now issuing $500 fines if you do not wear masks in public. What? Needless to say, I will not comply with this unlawful mandate and will happily take it to court if need be. Does that mean outside too? That? Like in public period? That's pretty insane if so. Uh, but yeah, That's someone crazy. someone has to fight these legal battles. And of course, if you find yourself in one, uh, let me know. I, I want these I want these fights to happen because I want to have clearer answers next time around. And if we can crowdfund a legal defense for the people who are prepared to take on this sort of fight, I absolutely would be willing to do my part. Grim so turd, hurry. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I'm just uh-huh. saying good luck. That's all. Uh, Grim turd, hurry the show up tonight. Got a comet to look at. First clear skies and a night off to see it as well as Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn just after sundown. Wow. Space is the only true safe space. Intellectual refuge on Mars, man. That's uh, that's we'll our only possibility, potentially. Good Le- luck with the star viewing. Leggy Lamb says, hashtag repeal 19 for kids. Um, I see we're, we're up to something, guys. Wow, I like this. You're really uh, influencing the crowd here. Mm, I didn't I didn't make this up. I think that we all just agree that 
women have no agency and should be afforded no rights for <laughs> voting privileges. Uh, Richard Murdoch, oi, blonde, if we chase the LGBTQ blokes out to Cali, do we call it the trail of queers? Asking for a friend. That's spicy. Oh, that was a good one. I like that. Grumbledore, the joggers spend 200 plus getting those weaves done every two weeks and wonder why they have no money. Speaking of no money, <laughs> any thoughts on a good scope for a 6.5 Grendel 300 blackout or 6.5? Uh, centimeters? I, um, so Next. he's talking know. about two calories, six, six, five Grendel and 300 blackout 6.5 CM. I'm not sure what he's exactly what he's uh, referencing there. I assume another. Anyway, I'm not a great expert in, in the six, five Grendel caliber. I don't have any firearms chambered in them. And I'm also not an expert in optics uh, because precision shooting is not really my jam. I just like to, uh, I just like to plink and I like to be self-defense competent. So as far as Did you say plink. Yeah. Just like what the hell does that mean? Shooting random stuff with your with your gun. Shoot cans, shoot steel, just shoot oh. for fun. You're not you're not trying to be like precision sniper shooter. You're just having fun shooting stuff with your twenty two, for example. I see. Yeah, like backyard shooting. That's what I'm talking about. If I had a bigger like backyard. <laughs> uh John uh, Smith. Anyway, good oh, good luck. I, good luck with the, the decision. I just keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. Um I got I got bad flow tonight. Uh, John Smith, I'm pretty sure I've got the COVID, but tests are taking 10 days to process. Uh, God knows how long before I'm cleared, since that'll likely require another test. Either way, here's the bonus money. I'm not going to be spending. Wow. Well, good luck. Uh, I hope that you are not uh, heavily symptomatic. I hope you're doing well. Yeah. Eggy Jet Pilot. Catch you all tomorrow. Dropping off my part for my favorite show. Rock on, y'all. Thank you. Well, thanks. And competent hands 30. Matt, someone last week brought up that that picture of you with the bullpup. I like that one. It's a cool gun. Is there any chance you would take a new picture with your M1? I've you I've had the M1 in video before. I think I made a Clint Eastwood reference to it once and had it on display. It's it sits on the mantle in my house. I hardly ever shoot it. It's mostly a mantelpiece. But uh, yeah, they are cool guns. And um, I would say that I don't really do gun show and tell really. But it's possible that it would have a comedic purpose <laughs> to make a, make a cameo again. Um, but other than that, you know, if you just want to inquire about or talk guns, just send me an email. Happy to, happy to talk about it that way too. Um, Michael Adams says I'm a long time listener, but this is the first time I am financially able to donate some money. So here's 20 bucks for my favorite YouTubers. Thank you so much. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Good try. One day I'll start making videos again on my channel. One day. Oh, the baby's crying. I'm going to go feed take her. a break. Uh, All right. I'll be back at 8:15. Okay. I will carry on. Thank you guys. Much appreciated. Um Robert Atkins says my identical twin boys have made it home from the NICU. Uh you may now congratulate me. I will do that. Congratulations. Uh Blonde, do you have a mother uh do you have a mother call-in show on mother on motherland for the wife. It could be an interesting talk, emergency C-section, uh, preeclampsia case. I will highlight this to ask her. I know they're planning on doing another episode soon, but I don't know about the specific plans. So I'll highlight this, Robert, and I will uh, make a mental note to come back to it. And congratulations again. Simo Haya says, uh, dark Bader <laughs> return of the cyst. Yeah, there are a lot of good puns to be made for sure. Laurel says, I'm going to address this now. I don't know whether it's legal for the feds to snatch people off the streets in Portland and release them two hours later. Uh, ask me an immigration question. Well, I guess the immigration angle on this too is like, to what extent is it common for that 
immigration force to be enforcing non-immigration federal law. Kind of an interesting wrinkle here. I, I have no idea. Um, as far as you saying, I don't know whether it's legal. I guess that would imply to me that this is a fairly uncommon practice. Uh, one would assume, but also the circumstances in Portland, I've got to assume are also somewhat uncommon. It's not that we've never had riots or anything, before, but we've ever had, like how frequently do we have 50 night in a row riots of varying severity? I don't know. I don't know, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. So send me an email, Laurel, if, uh, if we miss something or there's, there's some piece of the facts that, um, that really uh, affect the analysis here. Daniel uh, Kunkley says, remember kids, when those leftist thugs enact violence on others, it's speech, but speech is violence in regards to everyone else. This is the new normal. Defend yourselves accordingly. Yeah, you better ask nicely when they come after you with their eyeglasses, try to stab you with their eyeglasses and their, their vapes. Richard E. Normus says, the war... There's a war memorial to windmill enthusiast soldiers in Oakville, Ontario. Someone defaced the monument and the police are investigating it as a hate crime based. I actually scrapped that story tonight because I just ran out. I had so many topics that I had to scrap that one last minute. But yes, if people didn't see, there's basically, as far as I understand, there's a monument in Canada to people who served in some, some piece of the German military in World War II, a.k.a. under Hitler. And that was defaced as a Nazi war memorial. And now that's being investigated as a hate crime, an anti-Nazi hate crime. That's a very interesting wrinkle. So if you learn more on it, please send it my way. Let's see. Uh, Mike Bob says, everyone at my work has been moved to four days a week thanks to COVID. When will the uh, world hold China responsible? Maybe a well-placed munition dropped into a key hydro dam and they'll get the message. I, yeah, I, I hope that we uh, come out of this. That's one silver lining we're hoping for is that we have less Chinese interaction less chinese dependence overall and um i don't know i'm not i'm not eager for war with china surely but i understand the perspective these people uh lied their way to heavily damaging our country and i think there's a lot of debate about the de- degree to which we've damaged ourselves too but at the end of the day this originates with a chinese virus that was covered up not really debate there Vivi says there's video of protesters throwing and blowing up fireworks at police officers. I'm waiting for one of those fireworks shards blowing up in someone's eye and CNN saying it was mostly peaceful and they will, they will. You can, you can count on that. Kazuma neat King says, don't really have anything to say. Just want to support my favorite podcast. Do well. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for uh, your kindness as well. I am not going to be niggardly. Liz Towell says, thanks for the sanity. I've been arguing with one of my uh, with one of my lunatic social work colleagues who keeps trying to tell me that the anarchists being detained are the proud boys and the boogaloo boys. <laughs> Why do I bother? Yeah. It's uh, it, it, the same thing they said in Chaz. Like it was the white supremacists and the proud boys who committed the murder. I bet. I bet if you just see that, that's the thing about the Northwest where the proud boys are a common boogeyman. Why is it that the cases where the proud boys are not present are still violent? That is to say, there is violence when the Proud Boys show up and interact with Antifa. We've all seen it. There are also cases where the Proud Boys don't show up at all and just Antifa is there and it's still violent. So how's that explained? And who's really the violent aggressor? Proud Boys, somehow, even in their own absence. No one says, purely in principle, I do not like the bagging tactics. Then I remember that the ones going away want to take away my rights and want me dead. Then I get a massive smile on my face. I think that's a fair point too. I've heard a lot of the, where are the libertarians complaining about this display in Portland? And on principle, I do think that there are some questions there that said, 
if this was happening to the Proud Boys, to call back to the last chatter, do you think that these Antifa people would be making the same criticism? Or their sympathizers would be making the same criticism? Is it about fundamental principles and rights, or is it purely about tactics? And what, uh, what we do to our enemies is fine as long as it produces the result we want, and as long as we're not harmed. I, I think we can uh, fairly guess on that one. Brooks Neal says... Uh, you can go to Twitch and watch a channel called Woke that streams protests, otherwise known as riots, across the country every day. It'll piss you off if you're allergic to soy and justice. That does sound like an enraging spectacle, but maybe it's probably got to be a lot of interesting material in there. Tempest says the video of the arrest was uh, with the unmarked minivan was an execution of was or sorry was an extraction of an undercover agent. I wonder. I mean, that's a fair theory too. Is this someone who is basically a spy within Antifa and needs a plausible way to get out? Could be. Uh, Evil Zombie Toe says, I feel like I should apologize for bringing up South Africa, uh, for bringing South Africa with me when I fled in 2005. (laughs) My bad, guys. Yeah, please, take your country back. Does it matter, says, federal officers had police clearly marked in yellow on their uniforms and patches on their left shoulders. Everything is in uh, OCP, operational camouflage pattern, thus very difficult to see. It, it says police, that's true, but it doesn't clearly identify what kind of police. It just says generic police. So, again, obviously, I would, I, in a perfect world, I would love transparency of exactly who we're dealing with and why. That said, when we're living in a terrorist mob world where the site of law enforcement causes these rabid people to attack on site, it may not be a practical reality. And I'm sure that the feds have had plenty of time to think about the tactics of this. And it seems to me that they have been as they've, they've avoided confrontation. They've avoided uh, drastic escalation as much as possible. So we'll see. YouTube name says uh, that looked like someone else wearing a Kamala skin mask. That's exactly what I thought. It's like Kamala had her face removed and then put it back on for sure. That was a weird face. Champ McLean says, I think Ted Wheeler really uh, Ted Wheeler really wants to support police. The politics of the area require him to throw the police under the bus, though, predicting a red pilled rant coming from him before this is done. Maybe I'm not sure I share that same faith, but the one piece of information I can share in support of that is previously. I know they just set up another Chaz in Portland this weekend or they're trying to. They tried to set up a Chaz a few weeks ago and it was right outside the mayor's apartment and he shut it down right away and says we're not having an autonomous zone. So maybe he had a moment of clarity. By the way, I think my neighbor is, um, sounds like a lawn mowing or something like that. So if you can hear the humming, I apologize, but we do what we can. Royal wind says every time I hear the word divisive, I know I'm listening to a left wing NPC drone. It's so creepy. It is funny how those words take on a certain cringe connotation. I hate the words, um, unprecedented, difficult times all those sorts of unprecedented times like all the coronavirus buzzwords really drive me nuts these days zach swindle says my wife and i are celebrating getting to bring our daughter home from the nicu wow another uh, you guys have been a semblance of normalcy for us we really appreciated y'all checking on our daughter well congratulations that's great to hear and thanks for tuning in and all the best to your family Jacob C says, Hey gang, I hope things are going well. I'm taking a break from politics this week. The way I see it, the best thing for me is to relax and unplug from the madness so I can think clearly when it counts, stay cool and don't get wiki wikied while I'm out. Thank you for your kind support for the show. And, uh, we'll give I a, am not a shout be, out to, I am not going to be niggardly. Give a shout out to the Lord herself too. 
We'll see if we survive another week under her reign, uh, if it pleases her crown. And uh, good luck. You, you're right that uh, d- detaching or, or just taking a break from politics is probably a good thing. There are more important things in our lives. And if we if we end up in a weird st- state or a weird part of our lives where we're prioritizing the wrong things, it's always a good thing to step back and reassess for sure. Downskated says, I introduced my younger sister to the show and did not get time to explain the catapult to her. Well, if she has to have it explained, she might not be the right she might not be the right candidate for listening to this show. Uh, no, thank you for uh, for supporting. Uh, and, and seriously, everybody who shares the show word of mouth. Speaking of Susan WikiWiki, this show, other channels like it, we're all buried, practically unsearchable. So in terms of new audience interaction, that's basically the only way we can get it is just sharing with a friend and saying, hey, I like this show. Uh, you might want to check it out. And and that's hugely helpful. That is a hugely helpful thing these days. So thank you for doing that. If you do, let me, uh, I got to refresh. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to pause on YouTube right now and uh, check on some of our other uh, spots and I'll come back to YouTube. Looks like we are good on D live. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Last we left off on uh, Streamlabs was with the sanguine mind. Let's see what else we got. Uh, Raggle Fraggle says, what's the difference between a dead dog in the road? <laughs> I can't read this. I cannot read this, dude. <laughs> It's a, it's a joke about things getting run over. Use your imagination. Draw your own conclusion. I, <laughs> wow, man. That, that was a... I don't know that I've ever seen you go that spicy. Uh, thank you, as always. Candy Max says, Florida is whack, but I live, in, but I live by Siesta Key, which is amazingly beautiful. Uh, last kid in 10th grade. His college is uh, paid for and not sure what I'm going to not sure where i'm gonna land after that at least we have stand your ground but what southern state would you suggest to a positive i'm no expert in the southern states congrats on uh, on raising your kids by the way i am certainly no expert on southern states i've spent almost no time in them i can't even tell you which one of the disney places is in florida though i know i've been to it is it i think it's disney world in florida i've been there i drove the east coast of florida once i think i went to fort myers once and I've been to like Jackson, Mississippi in the Atlanta airport. So Southern, uh, the, the nuances of Southern living are not uh, keen in this mind. But certainly if I were going to pick places to live in the United States, I think you could do worse than Florida. Florida, as far as I understand, its legal structure is actually uh, quite friendly with my priorities. So I'm, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure there's lots of nice things about it. Uh, I, I just, I don't know where I would pick to live in the South. It's mostly a weather thing for me over the politics, to be honest. Not very snow ape friendly, but good luck if you decide to change the scenery. PJ Hemp says, my boomer parents, 65 and 60, told me recently how fed up they are with the mainstream media, and I turned them onto the alt media. Uh, out of Tim Pool, Styx, and many others, they love your show the best, and they follow all the videos. Thanks for restoring some faith in humanity. Well, that's very kind of you. And uh, I hope they got past the boomer jokes. I hope they are not offended. And uh, we appreciate that very much. Just like I was saying, man, sharing it with new eyes is a huge help to us. So thank you very much for that. And uh, it's very much appreciated. Radicus says BAC of 0.5 stabbing and now motorcycle accidents are now symptoms of the Wuhan flu. That's right. I forgot, forgot about the, the, the drunk guy. Fauci praising New York for doing it right. I didn't even hear that. It wasn't a pandemic tinfoiler but 
what legitimacy do they have left? And currently transmission rates and death rates at the current transmission rates and death rates open up. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I understand that. No, again, nobody's an expert in the future. It's people making educated guesses about what's going on here, but it's the lack of humility to admit that you were wrong before. Just say, yeah, I got some stuff wrong in the past. I'm still working to the best of my ability. Here's based on the information we have now, here would be my recommendation. Instead, it's all this weird twisting. Like, no, I wasn't wrong in the past because the information I was saying was considered accurate at the time. No, you got it wrong. That's fine. Uh, I get plenty of things wrong. We all do. We all do. But that's the point. Let's reserve the ultimate judgment to the individual because nobody has a monopoly on the truth. Nobody gets all judgment calls right 100% of the time. And that's why it's important. It's crucial. It's not just important. It's crucial to leave as much decision-making power to the individual as possible. The more we remove decisions from individuals and centralize them into one authority, the more drastic and awful mistakes there will be. Decentralized decision-making power, decentralize the mistakes. Bill says, uh, judging by the name, New Alm is probably founded by Germans. It's unfortunate that such a wonderful people have been uh, degraded to begging for salvation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from uh well uh, can i say can i say jogger is that a slur i never know any take your own uh, t- uh take oh take your own side for goodness sake well new alm does look like a good uh anti-berlin that's basically what it is well, it should be the name should change from new alm minnesota to anti-berlin minnesota it's uh it's the mirror opposite uh L, you say <laughs> sorry what was that l yeah, Phil was the last one on, but I was over on Streamlabs. So if you're checking in on uh, on YouTube, Matt Wilkerson is up next. Oh, uh, Matt, thanks for supporting the show. Much appreciated. SK is up next. Um, finally, or watching from my first owned home in Salt Lake. Finally, mm-hmm. I firmly believe first time home ownership or endless loop of renting is one of the biggest problems we have. I know the the rental thing eventually just became too much congratulations that's a that's a huge life accomplishment it's good for you it's a big one um klgy88 hey matt i emailed you this week about the da in new mexico going after new mexico civil guard not watching live apologies if you already talked about it thoughts it's scary watching your community fall apart we did we did get to it in the early part of the show and of course thank you for your email a lot of the information that you sent me was um was what i learned about this case so i'm sure the segment we had prior i probably won't reveal any new information to you because you're on it but yeah, uh, I think that, um, well, of course, we got to pay attention to all of these self-defense cases because they have massive implications on that front. But the wrinkle in the New Mexico case is that they're trying to ban a militia group from demonstrating publicly, basically. that Talk about chilling free speech. They're saying that yeah. if you want to protest armed or arm, if you want to protest as part of a group that we don't like, you're now banned. That, that's a wrinkle here we're going to have to watch, too. The clockwork gent. Um, love the show, but love it even more sitting here with my beautiful based girlfriend. Wow. Thank you both for being voices of reason in an idiotic time. Shout out to the love of my life, MJ. Aw, that's Congratulations, so sweet. but why is she your girlfriend then? Put a ring on it. Man. I was going to say that. <laughs> hey, clockwork we're in, gent. We're in MJ's why don't corner. you propose to MJ and stop wasting her remaining fertile years by calling her <laughs> something stupid like your girlfriend? He's probably working on it as we speak, I bet. Or he's 17 or something. Yeah, like, maybe. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. Levi Mortensen. Morality is subjected to the situation depending on your definition, i.e. killing is bad unless it's self-defense. 
Also, objective morality coming from a deity makes no sense as it would be subjective to that deity. This is like the mattiest of Matt questions. <laughs> you want to take it uh, then? Uh, no, I mean, it's not a question, but you know. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, I don't agree. Okay, here's the thing. Even if I granted the premise that it was subjective to that deity, okay, but that would be an ultimate authority rendering it objective in this world. That's what I would say. That if it originated from a deity who has all power over this world, it's no longer subjective to the judgment of people. It is objective. And I, I don't agree that that self-defense killing is subjectively justified. The reason that is it is objectively justified is it is because... It, it's in the defense of your purpose as a human being, as in survival. Once someone threatens your purpose as a human being, as we can observe it in nature, that becomes an objective wrong. I, I, I believe in objective morality, again, because I think it's observable in the natural world, but also because if you don't accept that premise, there's no such thing as right or wrong in, in any objective sense, obviously. And what's right or wrong is purely the judgment call of the king or 51% or whoever happens to wield the sword of power at the time. And that's a very dangerous world to live in. That means that anyone's finger snapping could decide you're the one getting the axe tomorrow. And I just don't think that that's a practical or just world to live in. Oh, another reason I want you to watch that movie, Mr. Jones, and everybody should watch it. It's a, a mainstream movie about the Holodomor. I could not believe it got made. But there's an interesting moral question hmm. that I would like to hear your response. You should actually watch it if I can convince you to watch it. Do I, do I need to watch it before I address the moral question or is it? Well, the moral question is, so this guy is going to report on the Holodomor knowing that everybody's going to think he's crazy. It's probably not going to change the outcome of the famine. But if he doesn't report on it uh, or if he does report on it, they're going to execute six of his comrades, which are innocent people six of the engineers he was working with okay and if he does report on it then you know if he does report on it they'll be executed if he doesn't then they're they'll be spared but he knows that regardless of whether or not he reports on it it's probably not going to change the outcome of the famine well and there's got to be an additional cost too if he doesn't they'll be spared but then what's the what's the other cost of that then nobody will ever find out that the Holodomor was was ongoing. Oh, so it's purely informational. It's like public yeah, knowledge. Yeah, but there's the possibility that somebody would intervene potentially um, on the world stage. I'd probably have to watch it to understand it fully. I don't feel like I understand the dilemma fully enough to comment right now. It's excellent. Everybody should watch it. They they uh, It's a total indictment of the New York Times, and they make Walter Durante out to be the human piece of excrement that he actually was in his life. So. Hmm. Shocking that they made this on movie. Uh, Kirby D says, Matt, I was in Bozeman recently. Uh, you have traffic like Manhattan. You need to widen yeah. Main Street. The way your viewers widened your Main Street. <laughs> it is weird. I'm telling you. I know people who live in San Francisco or DC or Seattle will be like, you can't honestly be complaining. And listen, I'm not. <laughs> I've experienced traffic in San Francisco and Seattle and even DC. It's not like that. But... It is a situation where you live in a, a small size Western town that is growing at a ridiculous rate. Thanks to everybody fleeing the blue states of the country. And because we've had such a major influx, we're one of the, we're the, fa I think we're the fastest growing micropolitan really? center of the country is the term. But yeah, we are growing at an insane rate. And when you bring in that many people for infrastructure, that's not just, it's just not prepared to handle that amount of people you do get weird traffic incidents for sure and it frustrates the hell out of me absolutely 
Aaron Moyo says, on Wednesday, Laura Ingram had a report that people who test positive more than once are being counted as a new case each time. Outrage. I bet that's, I, I'm sure I that's, that's, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, Cold Fusion Waffle says, Dr. Fauci was appointed director of NIAID, NIAID in 1984. Should I know what that is? It, his current job, National Institute for uh, Allergies and Infectious Diseases. His job right now. Okay. The I infectious disease head of the country. Um, in 1984. So hasn't practiced medicine for a whole lot of people's entire lives. Let that sink in. Yeah, that's true. Um, when you aren't a practicing doctor, you don't see the evolution of infectious disease and how it manifests in like pathology. Yeah. So I'm not sure that we should trust anybody on this side of things. Laurel says, not only is no one an expert in the future, no one can be an expert in all things. Lockdown decisions require expertise in medicine Economics, social science, law, psychology, et cetera. No one expert wins. That's very astute. 100%. Laurel, as always. Um, Sam- she had some commentary earlier about the legality in Portland, too, that I might be interested to learn about. I did want to mm-hmm. circle back to, I just remembered I had one question for you specifically earlier about the Motherland right. show. Uh, Robert was wondering, um, oh, and he, he, his, his, his twin boys just came home from the NICU. So congratulations oh, to him on that. But he was I wondering, think we've been speaking through email. Okay. Perhaps. He says, uh, "Do you have a mother a motherland call in show on motherland for the wife? Can can his I think he's asking. Can it, do you guys take calls, or do you plan we to take don't. calls? We don't. We're limited by our technological retardation. Although Robin has this under control, but we are filming a new episode on Thursday. I'm sorry for the long delay. It's really hard to um, schedule. He says so. it'd be an interesting talk because it was an emergency C section and a pre." preeclampsia preeclampsia how do i do you know how, do you know what that pre-eclampsia. word is i don't know what that yikes is. um i'm sorry that happened to her but i'm so happy you guys are home getting home from the NICU is such a such a relief but if you um will post our live time on robin's uh twitter because i'm banned on my gab i think we're gonna go live at 2 30 pacific standard time on thursday between mm-hmm. 2 30 and 3 so if you have her drop a question um in the live chat while we're doing that, then we can interact because not very many people watch our live streams. So we are really interactive with the audience. So just have her check that out and then double check the times in case we have to reschedule because our babies are kind of assholes. Um, but congratulations on coming home. Um, Semper Ad Meliora. Have you guys been paying attention to the chaos in China, massive flooding banks, possibly collapsing guy who drove a bus into a river because the CCP demolished his home. More chaos in China can mean more chaos here. Seems I haven't so. been paying attention. Uh, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, I, I've not heard news of this at all. And I, I don't pay attention to China news generally, e- even before coronavirus or any of that stuff. So that's that's news to me. Probably should check it out. Oh, did I say I was banned on Gab? You meant I didn't mean to say banned that. on Twitter, uh, but post on Gab. Yeah, But post on Gab. Did I say that incorrectly? Uh, Sorry. I can't remember. No, I'm not banned on Gab. That would be a feat, an unprecedented feat. Really spicy. Really spicy. Yeah. No, I'm not banned on Gab. I'm still there. Um, Edward Gonzalez, uh, Spain death has Spain's deaths death count. I can read has been going down. Are these fake numbers in the U S because of the election? How does more quarantine help these test centers and hospitals? Um, they probably get more funding. Uh, I don't, well, how would I, the, the connection between quarantine and oh, the quarantine? Oh, I mean, I meant if they were more positive, yeah. they get more funding, but the quarantine, how does it test help test centers and hospitals? Probably doesn't. I don't know. I don't know about that connection, but certainly we have financial structures in place that reward coronavirus designation period. So that could be part of the, part of the issue here. 
A big donation from Brandon Bruins. Hey, Matt and Blonde, normally don't get to watch live, but tonight I'm heading home from Seattle. Got a 30-plus hour drive ahead. Wish me luck. Keep it up. I never miss the vid. Vod? Video on demand. Watches later. And thank you for uh, supporting the show. Good luck on the drive. Thanks, Brandon. And congratulations on escaping Seattle. For real. Wear your seatbelt. Tom 1212. Watch how fast these mask mandates are pulled back once the rioters face off against the armed mask patriots. (laughs) I guess, yeah. For real. Uh, vile mirth. Mandatory masks is merely the warm-up for mandatory vaccines. I refuse to wear a mask and I will refuse to take a rushed, untested vaccine. I'm with you there. Yeah. And you know, as far as other vaccines are concerned, like, you know, I'm fully vaccinated and I've decided which vaccines to give my child and stuff. Um, but in terms of this vaccine, I'm like, no. It has Tom I, Hanks's blood in it. I'm not doing that. I, I'm yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. I'm not I'm not doing this vaccine. Yeah. Normally, a vaccine has five to seven years in clinical trials, and then 97% of them are still rejected by the FDA. Like, I'm not taking any vaccine that goes through one to two years of like just sweeping through the population. Uh, not yeah. going to do and that. I, I agree too. I, I know slippery slope reasoning is often dismissed as a fallacy, even though it's really not, as we discuss all the time. Yeah. But I don't see an argument here about masks that couldn't be used to stab a needle into my arm and inject me with God knows what. And I reserve the right not to do that. And I, yeah, you want to take the, if you want to take the vaccine, absolutely. I'm not making a judgment call on people who do want it. I don't, I don't. And I don't grant the premise that I'm a threat to others by virtue of my choice not to do it. Yep. So here we are. I think that's the next uh, fight to confront. Ryan Haas says, the more I hear about the coof, the more I want to burn it all down. It's just a mask. It's just social distancing. It's just a mandatory vaccine. It's just a chip. Why would it ever stop? And it won't. They're going to give us our freedom back if we're good little boys and girls. Just you wait. I bet. bet We are living in Hitler's utopia. (laughs) Oh, whoops. I shouldn't have read that one. Um, PCW exhaust mods. Thanks for supporting the show. I mean, that's crazy. You mean where everybody speaks German and there's no crime? Uh, Chris Buckley says, thanks as always a great show. Everyone have a great night. Dogs need to go for a walk. I need to bail out early. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Um, Danny Montana, Austin, Texas checking in here. Master required to enter any store. I refuse to wear one. I've been physically stopped from entering most stores by employees prepare and hail victory. That's such bullshit. Mm. The thing I hate about this too, is it does blur the line between the wishes of the property owner and just the, the bullshit whim of the state. And as I said before, it matters to me if the business owner genuinely wants me to wear one because of the business owner's will. Okay, fair enough. And I'll decide if I want to patronize that business and participate or not. Now that the governor has enlisted business owners to be his enforcement mechanism. I don't know. I have to guess which, what the, what the will of the business is. And I hate that spot. Dutch 0524, check out Tony Heller videos. He's excellent with graphs and data. When we reach herd immunity, Fauci and CDC will claim the mask mandates and lockdowns. Of course, that's what it will be. Wow, we did such a great job. Exactly. We knew this was going to happen. Darlene Cates, um, who's reminded me, my mom wanted me to tell the audience because she's so mad that I'm always talking about boomers. She's like, I hate that you always talk about boomers. And then I'm like, mom, that's a boomer response. Sorry, Darlene, that you reminded me of this. It's not your fault. Darlene is the most well-behaved boomer of them she's all. She's so well-behaved. Yeah. But my mom wanted me to tell the audience that she's not a typical boomer and she's not like other boomers, <laughs> just like we're not like other millennials or whatever. Yeah, so. Sure. I'm sure everyone she's- was on the edge of their seat wondering about uh, 
<laughs> I know. I'm about, like, I, I don't think that, that people think that you're like, they're talking about how you chop down the Anne Frank tree. I don't think that they think you're a standard boomer. <laughs> people have, a lot of people have seen the Twitter account. They are aware that there are some oddities at play here. She just retweets things. I'm like, just tweet what you're thinking. Maybe I shouldn't encourage her. <laughs> yeah, be careful. I know. Uh, each has a swab. This is Darling Kate's. Has a swab and blood samples. If positive, that is two reported mm. and 15 for each is presumptive. Ah, total 32. If any of those are positive, lather, rinse, repeat, no deductions from count. Yeah. That didn't occur to me. They do that, yeah. swab you. I'd be and- curious to have the methodology explained. I wonder if that's the case. It wouldn't necessarily be too reported, though, because a swab is for current infection and the blood samples, if I understand correctly, are largely for antibody testing. We, so you have to think. Well, we did here in that, Texas, the claims are they're getting or that was actually in dozens of states. That claim was that it's happening, that those are getting lumped together, which would be a double count. OK, so they're doing they're doing both swab and blood samples but, for current infection. Well, yeah, I guess my question then would be, can you have antibodies can you test positively simultaneously for a viral test while and you have antibodies. antibodies? Maybe if you had the antibodies from a cold in the past, like they were ref- maybe it's possible. I don't know. Or maybe when you're in the midst of like clearing the infection, but you're still yeah. shedding the virus. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> totally. Listen, call Jay. me Dr. Fauci. I'm, I'm right. Like a quarter of the time. <laughs> yeah. Rainier Chen. One day the San Francisco police was chasing a white guy down the street the guy slipped and face planted on the sidewalk. DA decided to charge him with a hate crime because he apparently had brown face on while being cuffed. I wonder why. <laughs> that was a That's good one. Racist. I could buy it as true. It seems like a true story. Freddie Sauce is blonde. This is child abuse. Me. Laugh. Girlfriend watching the first time. Why'd you laugh? That wasn't funny. You got a crush on her? Me. Quiet stare. Maybe. Right wing death squads? Girlfriend question mark. Yeah, right-wing death squad is the answer to all of the problems that we have right now. Just kidding, Susan. Um, angry Bell Sprout. Yes, defensively. Uh, Tim Poole conflates Confederates and World War II Germans, but runs away the moment you bring up Lincoln policies like trying to deport free blacks via American colonization society or keeping slavery in New Jersey and Delaware. Hmm. Um, people do not like to talk about this Lincoln thing. I don't know that much about the history. I know Nick, uh, Lincoln gets a lot of flack for suspending habeas corpus and a lot of, a lot of other things, but in terms of his views about what should be the fate of freed black slaves, I don't know much about that history at all. Well, he did entertain a multitude of compromises that would involve continuing some form of slavery that were, that was geographically isolated. Hmm. So he's not the, in slavery guy that everybody well, was this during his presidency or were these opinions he held prior? Uh, I mean, I think that he was generally anti-slavery, but he did want to keep the country together. Like I, I you always hear the house divided against itself. Cannot stand type quotes. I wonder, I, I just don't know. I'm asking rhetorically during his presidency. Was he actually considering how can we have this house stand divided was that the goal? I, it's my understanding although i'm not a historical scholar and yeah. i don't know that much about abe lincoln but it's my understanding that he did entertain a multitude of of such compromises honest abe abe inkin remember when trump said that he did he really abe inkin honest abe. <laughs> classic trump moment oh oh yikes um kevin barber recall the new normal plan by the elites look at articles written early on about what they wanted and hoped it would change, like conditioning people to having the government 
run their lives. I, I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. And that's why I don't think that the mask, if we're good little masked boys and girls, this is all going to go away. Um, I think that this, uh, I think there's a lot of um, testing of what we're willing to put up with and what we'll actually comply with. And the asks, the asks that become mandates are only going to get more ridiculous from here on out. They're not going to get, they're not going to reduce. They're not going to go away. There's going to be sillier ones and we'll see them in a few weeks. Um, I need to reload this. So I'm getting a lot of pushback on the chat. Maybe I need to, um, to learn more about Abe Lincoln because most people are saying that he was a straight up segregationist. He wanted to return blacks to Africa. I just don't know. I, I don't know that much about what, what he, what his plan for the post slavery United States world was. I just don't know. Right. And then there is this, uh, Rodzilla is right. In the Lincoln Memorial, the quote is that if saving slavery would have saved the union, he would have saved slavery. I think he also said if he could keep some slavery, he would do that. If he could eliminate slavery and save the union, hmm. he would also do that. I think that's the whole quote, but I clearly butchered it. I like this, um, this next one from Eric Burns uh, Marsh. Eric Burns uh, I'll, I'll just read it. Matt, after you finish Mere Christianity, will you check out religious scholar Nick Cannon? Of course, he's on the, <laughs> he's on the apology tour now. And I, we're, all, we're all supposed to jump down Nick Cannon's throat or whatever. I've heard what he said. And again, this is a case where it's like, okay, you can agree or disagree. I certainly don't agree with most, if not all of what he's saying, but I have yet to hear him make a threat of violence or anything like that towards somebody else. I hate when the left-wing mob jumps down someone's throat for having the wrong opinion. I'm not going to jump down Nick Cannon's throat for having the wrong opinion. Yeah, I, agree I will jump down his throat for bitching out, though. Well, yeah, now he, he's going to apologize his way back yeah. into uh, into um, everyone loving him again. That's not the way it works. You're done. You're, you're canceled. Yep. So I don't I just uh, I just don't care about the Nick Cannon story that much. I, that was the story this week where I'm like, don't care. He has an opinion. Do I. Everyone else mm-hmm. does, too. Freddie Sauce, also my apologies for disappearing this last two weeks. It's okay. It's okay. I thought I had the Rona in February. If it wasn't it, then I definitely had it the last two weeks. So much trouble breathing. No bueno. I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope, mm. you, I hope you improve. Uh, Kevin Barber, uh, did, did you read this? No. Okay. Um, Matt and Blonde, Wednesday there was a question about faith. We're taught faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Try reading Hebrews chapter 11. Hmm. I have and do not remember what it says. I certainly am not a great, uh, I'm not good on religious text. For me to get into religious text, I have to have the fundamental questions of why I should buy into it in the first place answered for me. And that's the path that I'm taking right now. So I might get there. I might get to the religious text phase, but I'm not there yet. And I need guidance through it. Um, it's just, uh, I, I can't do it on my own. All right. Uh, I think we have two more. Let me load it um joseph Kerwin says didn't lincoln declare that confederate heroes were american heroes what with being the same nation and all hmm. <clears throat> i don't know i i could see it though kirsten Sorensen, i think this is the last one i recently introduced the show to my boyfriend as it is always in my sunday routine and he's become a fast fan he's never voted before but i think he will vote for the first time this fall for trump super cool wow well thanks again we've had a lot of comments tonight about people uh, turning their friends or their family members onto the show. Again, just thanks for doing that. Cause Susan is not ever going to put a new eye or ear on this show. And, and we appreciate people. It's always the highest compliment to me when people say that they make like 
a routine out of the Sunday night stream. Like, oh, we turn it yeah. on when we're making dinner or when we're yep. doing this activity. And uh, to to be a part of people's evenings in a way that they they welcome us into their homes and they 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 kind of formulate their their daily plans around it. Like that's that's as high of a compliment as you'll ever get. So I continue to be astounded that this stupid project that we created four years ago is like a is an organizing place for people. But of course, we're very happy to have it. And thank you for supporting the show. Thank you, Kirsten. And I hope that you're giving your boyfriend your vote or that you're going to double vote <laughs> based on what his vote is. And then I hope that he knows that voting doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, he, he if he's voting for Trump, he hasn't gone full blonde yet. He's not full collapsitarian. He's not writing in Kanye. West. I'm just joking. <laughs> well, I heard Kanye quit. And then I saw he had a campaign event this weekend. This thing is not serious. I don't know. Everybody's acting like he melted down today, but he was just talking about how he nearly aborted his daughter and he got emotional. Oh, I didn't even He's see had some that. other crazy stuff. It was crazy. Yeah. Is I it worth it listening was. to or should I just not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as far as I can tell, his platform is anti-vax, um, anti-abortion. That's like, I heard he's calling it the birthday party. Is this true? I've, I've seen reference to that, but I'm not a great, oh. I, I haven't followed Kanye super closely. There's one more, um, YouTube name says Arby's sucks. We all know it. And I'm happy we get to end on that. No, I'm going to go get Arby's tonight. In fact, I should, I, I love Arby's not that far from my house either. Anyway. All right. We'll, we'll call that a show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. As always, keeping us in touch with the facts, uh, while we're live, I got to follow up on this Michelle Malkin story. I got to see what happened there. Yeah. Also letting us know what Abe Lincoln's true thoughts were. We appreciate Which we it. We clearly know nothing very about. much. If you're listening later on demand, uh, we appreciate you tuning in as well, including on Spotify. If you're listening over there, you're one of the first few Spotify listeners. So thanks for that. Speaking of those audio platforms, if you want to take us on the go, listen to us rather than watch, you can find those audio platforms linked in the description. They're also on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. And uh, you can listen at your leisure. There's extra material on those audio platforms as well. You can also email us at beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday, of course, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not meet the press. It is Beauty and the Beta. Have a good night. I guess.